I stay down with the same gang every day now When the thing changed but the way out, it's the layout, nigga Big M's, nigga <laughs> Yeah, yeah Put the lights down, turn the bass up One time for the pay cuts And the price guy just squeeze the life out of shit They try but couldn't break us What's all the fussing about? We grew up with nothing, my nigga, we still here That fake shit, we cutting it out Money come, make sure the cougar dick their shit Yeah, that, uh that that intro that you heard is actually one of my boys, actually. Um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, he's nice. But uh, you know, I'm just gonna start, and then we'll go hop on when they do. Welcome, uh, you know, back to food for the culture. Uh, you know, we've been we've been gone for about a month, but we're back uh, here live today. The show we talk about um, the uh, cultural relevant topics dealing, you know, in today. And over the past uh, few weeks or so, yeah. uh, right here I got a uh, special guest, a friend of mine, Jeff, you know, on, on 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 my other show, uh, Beyond the Trenches. He's a yeah. uh, a member of that team. We want to get him on this show to get his insight on some of these other topics. Mm-hmm. Our other panel, Josh and Banks, and uh, they'll, they'll be on shortly. And so, how you doing, Jeff? Yeah, hey, I'm good, man. I'm just uh, watching everything transpire in front of us, like everybody else. You know, it's a uh, it's a sad day, you know, but it is what it is. I mean, we are what we are, and they are who we thought they were. <laughs> well, well, let's uh, well, let's touch on that, man. What you what, like, you know? We they, yeah, we gave them the damn capital, you know what I mean? We gave them the damn game. I mean, oh, in the building, but the Josh wearing himself. What up, fellas? How y'all doing? I can't call the player. How about yourself? Just uh, observing reality at this time. That's all I can really say. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Do we expect anything different? And see, that's that is a wonderful question. And to be fair, brother Jeff, that's a great question because it's a rhetorical question, Uh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, it's kind of an added topic breaking news, I guess, from today. But uh, you know, we did see that the Trump supporters just stormed the Capitol and everything that follows suit. So, what are your thoughts on the whole day, Jeff? And how did it all went down? I mean, it's goofy. I'm, I'm not a big political person. I think it's all puppets and strings, and it's just a money play for everybody involved. But it's just it's just unethical. I mean, it's goofy. It doesn't make any sense. But it's it's who Donald Trump is, if we really look at it in hindsight. Like you, he's the guy who takes his ball from the park because he ain't getting picked up in the game. So he's that guy. So I mean, right. that made sense that he would not uh, basically put this to a seize verbally. And he could have did that, and he kind of left the door open a little bit. Like, oh, I love those people, you know, but, and it's not like he's saying, go home before it gets out of hand and it starts to be, you know, a mess. Yeah, I, I was saying that, too. He's like a petulant child. Like, if he can't get his way, then he's going to keep going and going and going and going. Like, he has to get his way. And the thing is that even when he's telling people to go home, he's still saying that they stole the election. But that's yeah. what's keeping him riled up. Yeah, you can't exactly. have it both ways. At some point, you got to say, "I lost." I can see blah blah blah, but until you do, people are gonna still act like this. What, what are your thoughts, Josh, on the whole day and everything? Well, for me, I'm looking at it as kind of like a social experiment, kind of like how Jeff is saying. Because at the end of the day, regardless of what happens with regular people like you and I, right? The people in charge are still going to be the people in charge, so they can easily change a lot of things instantly. But there's a lot of, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of drama. And that's just part of politics. As a poli-sci major, once you understand what politics is all about, it's combining entertainment 
and business and the entertainment is for the people you and I and our, our families and friends who just view the spectacle and, and all right. The same way you would a Hollywood feature. Like you, you literally can't believe it. You have to suspend your disbelief at times from what you're observing. However, it's also business because there's also practical things that are being maneuvered right underneath everyone's feet. So you're paying attention to the spectacle and you're forgetting about the business that's actually happening and handshakes right in front of everyone else. So it's kind of like the photographer who takes photos of uh, children and you have the one person who's like, oh, look at me, look at me. And the other one is taking the photo. So that happens every time things like this happen. And hopefully one day, not today, one day people will uh, pay attention to what's actually going on. Well, how long do you think these supporters will still try to protest as far as like, you know, even even deep into Biden's uh, elect uh, Biden's um, presidency? Or do you think like once the inauguration, they'll kind of like fall back a little bit? Well, I think it's, I think security will ramp up as the inauguration gets closer. So even if they do want to try it, I mean, look, you put us on high alert already by trying, you know, with the whole debacle today. So if this, you know, Secret Service isn't ready and the government isn't ready to protect Biden, then, you know, we could see more of these. But I think that security is just going to go all the way up to the max. Um, up until the inauguration, yeah, they may keep having, you know, these little incidents and, and it may get larger. But in reality is, you know, those people don't want to go, you know, to jail and they won't go to jail probably. <laughs> and if they do, they'll get small misdemeanors and small disorderly conduct, stuff like that. Where on the other hand, you know, uh, it could be more fatal for someone of the more melanin, you know, society. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And to add on to that, Jeff, I think we're going to see it because as you've already articulated, Trump is essentially not telling any of his uh, followers to stand down. So they're probably going to keep that same energy until he apparently reelect, re uh, reruns, which he already said that he would. So to me, that's just an excuse for them to maintain this behavior and it's going to be protected under freedom of speech. All the rights that we were supposed to have, but we didn't have during the march and protests. And uh, according to Claude Diz, apparently Twitter indefinitely suspended his account. And speaking of social media, we actually have Fresh Banks in the building, who's, of course, light in a cohiba. What up, Banks? <laughs> Banks in the building. What's going on, Banks? Yo, Trump is lit. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is something else. This guy is something else. Are, are, are you in our zip code or no? Uh, Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, Miguel. You uh, know this? Nah. Yeah. No. I'm in. I'm in Romansville right now at the cigar. Oh, okay. Nasir should right. be here in a couple minutes. Oh, all right. All right. Cool. Yeah. So what you think about? So, what are your thoughts on the whole day and things going on the Capitol? Thanks. Uh, I think, to me. I think it's somewhat strategic. I mean, I mean, they did show some pictures of arrest of some of the rebellious people with blood on their face, and uh, you know, some lady getting maced and how she wanted to be part of the revolution and all that. <laughs> but I do think some of it is strategic in regards to um, foul play in trying to control the narrative and trying to get people to stay at home. And especially, I'm not sure if this is like a reality or if it's just something they put in the air, 
where the mayor is implementing a six o'clock curfew. Yeah, now, yeah. why is that necessary? It's not like the whole entire, the whole DC was there. It was just a certain group. Why not put them away or arrest all of them and stop them, right? Why you have to penalize the whole city and say, oh, six o'clock curfew for everyone. But the whole city wasn't there. What mm. was the point of that? I mean, that's so safety I, measure. Right. So I think there's more into it, especially, come on. I, I've been to the White House. I've been to different buildings around in that area. There's snipers everywhere. Everywhere. So you're telling me a whole bunch of rednecks and people, militia, whatever it is you want to call them, can get and break glass, break government building glass, go in there, take pictures, (laughs) have guns standoff with with secret. Like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Like if you if you try to do anything like that, these people are trained to shoot and kill. Shoot, and they didn't kill anyone. Shoot first, ask so, questions later. Yeah. So I'm just like, if you've been to that area, you know that there's snipers there. So I don't understand how none of these snipers happen to know what they forget to how to use their guns. What they I, I just don't understand it. So I feel like there's some sort of narrative behind it on trying to just get people to stay at home. But that's my opinion. I wonder I like when the stuff. if when the presidency change does the, like the Secret Service and those snipers do they all get swapped out for somebody new? Mm. I don't think so. Well, I know at least from what I've seen, like with like the the reality of being a president and all that. I know they have their own selective service or Secret yeah. Service, but the people, I believe, the people within the White House, I think they're always there. Okay. So depending on how they structure it, I think the security as far as the White House in that area is the same. Mm. Now, as, as far as the personal detail, right. that might be a little different. Yeah, that'll vary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just a crazy overall day. Like, we're talking about three got all banks. Uh, yeah. You know, they'll probably continue up and past the inauguration, I think, from his supporters. of course so i i really do but i really do think there's something that we don't know and like even like i was telling josh about an interview that i was watching earlier with a billionaire talking about the vaccine and how he was so stringent on the idea of not wanting to take it he was like me or my kids are not taking the vaccine i know i'm going off topic but it kind of you know it correlates to an extent Uh um and he was so adamant to Vlad, like, I'm not taking the vaccine. My cousin, I'm not my cousin, my family have not taken any vaccine so far, and you can't make me do it. And then he was implementing certain things like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that on live t- on, on a live interview, but that's just how I feel. And then he was mentioning, you know, I'm going to have the vaccine card, though. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. stuff like that, yeah, people look at what Josh posted is important too. How does it make you feel? How like you know they're being treated with their protests versus our protests, stuff like that. <laughs> you see that? Well, obviously you see the divide because <laughs> right, you know right. damn well anyone that looked like us or right. any of darker tone, somebody would have got shot. They they wouldn't even they wouldn't been they wouldn't have been able to break a, a piece of glass in that building. They wouldn't even be able to climb the wall. 
like I said, there's snipers everywhere there. Somebody would have got shot. They would have maced it. They would have had all these military police officers. Like, would it would have been... No, nah, that would have never happened. And Big Mike, can I ask you a question? Do you think these uh, rioters or, I guess... Uh, peoples who these protesters actions would you would you consider them terrorists yeah uh yeah definitely those are uh which ones you know when you storm a capital and and yeah those are terroristic uh terroristic dress right for sure well just according to the president right and this is a tweet i guess this is one of the reasons he was uh banned for 12 hours (laughs) he said anarchists agitators or protesters who vandalize or damage our federal courthouse in Portland or any uh, or any federal buildings in any of our cities and or states will be pers- uh, prosecuted under our recently reenacted statues and monuments act minimum 10 years in prison but as the son of an attorney I do have to point out a bit of the uh, the loophole here because technically, Washington, D.C. is his own sovereign nation, similar to the Vatican. So technically, it's not a state. Technically. Okay. Yeah, it's a district, right? So. Right. But we saw how they acted in the summer when he wrote that. He Correct. contradicts himself daily. <laughs> that doesn't shock me. Right. And did just food for thought, because I actually saw this. This was interesting. So this was uh, an opposing view. So on the show, we like to have, because um, obviously usually we have, uh, for topics like this, we usually have a, a similar view. But I, I wanted to get an opposing view to see how they thought about things, you know, see if there's any logic there. So they say people are fake SF because they didn't have the energy they have now when our country capital was literally burning. It's definitely divide and conquer in full effect and people's heads are in the clouds. And this was the picture of D.C. in June. Again, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, again, what are y'all thoughts on that, Jeff Banks? I mean, uh, <clears throat> race is so prominent right now in this day and age, and this it's just it's it's always been there, but it had more of an undertone, and it's like with the president becoming Donald Trump. Uh, it's just more out in, in the open and just, you know, regularly spoken upon and disregarded in some instances, depending on who, uh, you know, the parties are. But you're always going to see that divide. I mean, everything, everything really has two sides. Everything has two views of it. You know, people view it in two different ways, you know, and with that instance, with the, you know, the Capitol being on fire. I mean, was that set by the Black Lives Matter movement? Or was that just like a regular fire that just broke out? You know, because now we're looking at it and this party of who I feel like, and excuse my uh, being politically incorrect, but just, you know, lower class Caucasians who were manipulated by Donald Trump to feel like he was going to make them have a better life. They still haven't gotten it and they still ride for him like this. So it's, it's actually laughable. The entire aspect that we're going back and forth between, you know, one incident as far as the Capitol being on fire. And again, I don't have the exact facts on what caused that fire. And these protesters, air quote, trying to infiltrate the Capitol and pose some sort of harm or rebelliousness over recounting of electoral votes. Either way, we look at it. 
like he said today, uh, I was watching on CNN. He said, no matter what, on January 20th, <laughs> Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are getting elected as the president and vice president, and that is not going to change. Correct. So, you know, no matter what, but but no I did think, um, you know, I, I thought, I guess I don't know if I thought he would go away, but I guess I thought he might kind of simmer at some point. But now I'm thinking that, you know, and I said this today, I think that every little, if, if Biden has any missteps, Trump's going to be on it every single okay. time. He will try to make the presidency hard as he can for him. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, but what Twitter or, or his own little, um, press conferences, whatever Biden does, if he does anything that's not like perfect, Trump's going to try to nail him because of that, the whole presidency. So I feel like that kind of sucks for Biden because you got to always worry about, you know, like like the public because Trump is still, you know, making his supporters get outraged over little things, I feel like, moving forward. Him and Fiddy are like the top trolls ever. <laughs> like, uh... They will troll you at every head turn. It's, it's, it's funny. But, but but to your point, Jeff, about some of those uh, some of those I'm gonna just say it, some of those white trash, uh, okay. trash people. Well, like. well, to uh, to to just to illustrate your point, Mike, for those who don't know what you guys are talking about, I'm just gonna play a little clip here that might articulate what you yeah. guys are saying. Damn noise in our community. I know you need help, I know you're home, but at the same time, chill out. You need Jesus. Alright? Amen. My bad, Big Mike. Go ahead. No, but I was saying that Trump, Trump is the classist more than the racist. Mm. So, you know, he is those white trash people, he don't care about them. He wouldn't shake their hand. And they're mm-hmm. the ones who were kind of like uh, uh, supporting him the most and whatnot. And they don't. And, and if you ain't got money, Trump not about you. I don't care what color you are and Absolutely. stuff like that. So it's crazy that they're the ones in South Carolina. They, like he, and they say South Carolina loves them. And those other states where there's like a bunch of poor white people. And I'm like, you know, he will spit on you. Like he don't, he don't like you. So it's ridiculous. But no, seriously, like he, he, he's, he's, he's a very classist. You know, he loves higher class people. Like you know, even black people with money, i.e., Kanye West or Little Wayne or whatever that is, right? But, uh. But but the uh, white people, if they don't have money, that that color don't matter to him. Trust mm-hmm. me. So it's crazy that those are his biggest supporters. I just don't don't get that. So I said they manipulated him into thinking yeah. that he's gonna make something better for them, and but they're not in his tax bracket. Mm. No, they're not in his tax bracket. <laughs> not at all. You know. Um, but uh, speaking of tax bracket, this is a good segue, Jeff. I know you're not into politics, but I know you're into money. So <laughs> we uh, the, the stimulus checks uh, mm. that got approved for a certain amount after a little back and forth about how much, and I guess it's still going back and forth, wound up being 600, 1200. We know how much it was. Um, so what are your thoughts on the fact that they had a second round and back and forth and what it can actually do for us? Well, you know, this is uh, the impact of this COVID-19 is drastic. It's so drastic because it's costing the country money. 
And right. that's one, this is a business. Like, it might say United States of America, but it is a LLC or INC, somewhere in there. So, you know, people tend to forget that, you know, like, this is a business. So, them giving us that money, I mean, I would have waited a couple more weeks for the two grand. Like, if you want to keep it real, like, you want me to be on my hood side, I'd wait a couple more weeks for the two grand. And, um, you know, it just shows that they, they really messed up here by allowing this COVID-19 to the way it's spread across the country, really, uh, across the globe. And the United States is about business and every other state is about, or country is about business too. So once the dollar, the bottom line starts being affected, then they're going to try to spoon feed us or kind of carrot with the mule thing, put a couple of dollars in front of you, put a few things in front of you, make you keep going and going and going. And um, I mean, I'm good for it coming. I know we're going to pay it back in some form or fashion. My property taxes probably go up. Car insurance probably go up. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I just wish our people or our community wasn't so uh, we're, we're like attached to the dollar. We have no value, really. Like the money is the pos- the highest value in some of our community. And that's a bad thing. I agree. And Josh, you as a person who is very economically in tune, what are your thoughts on the whole stimulus and what happened with it? Right. I do have to agree with Brother Jeff, because at the end of the day, on our Declaration of Independence, it says United States Corp. Right. Similar to the East India Trading Company, you know, during, you know, uh, the transatlantic slave involvement, the whole all of it is a business. So it's just how you view it. Right. So and I agree with Jeff in that. Unfortunately, our people will look at it for lack of better words, like this. But unfortunately, that's that's the truth, right? So it kind of reminds me of the Chappelle skill. We talk about this all the time. It's just like the reparations. As soon as we get the money, we just give it back right to them. Uh, first of all, that song was kind of lit on the low. Not not on the low, not on the low, Miguel. That that show was lit. That beat was kind of lit. His tune, yeah. But um, but yeah, I remember the reparations episode. But um, why do you think? Uh, I guess Josh such the the back and forth with the money, and why didn't we? And why did they want to give us two thousand dollars instead of the six hundred dollars? Honestly, I just think it's really a and excuse my French here, but a, a pissing contest of power, right? Because as okay. for the past couple of years, Republicans and we're power we're in power, and now it's becoming more you know the reality that more Democrats are going to be in power, so it's more of a see who can you know they're throwing it out on the table and see whose is longer. At, at the end of the day, right? So that's really all it is. And who are the the uh, victims of all this? The American people. I, I definitely agree. You know, I said this, I guess, before, but $600 is less than the average rent in every state in the America. Oh, uh, no matter wow. where you live at. So, so it's really not, you know, doing much people who haven't been able to pay their rent forever, um, you know, at a certain amount of time. 
um, I mean, if you got to, you know, like you said, some people can do whatever they want to do with it. But if you really are the person who was suffering for these last eight to nine months, it's nothing. what's that really going to do for you? Right. It's just, it's, 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 it's nothing. So, um, and I guess they want, they want to put it back in the economy, back to Jeff's part as it being the business. So they want us to sing songs and go out and spend the money and buy uh, a PlayStation 5 for that whole 600 and call it a day, you know, and, and whatever like that. But, and, we'll, and we are not, See, and what we need to do is kind of like me and Brother Jeff do, put the money and invest it somewhere. Or like Josh does, invest it in content creating. Or we put it in stocks or whatever like that. That's what we need to do as a culture. Uh, try to get better instead of going out and buying uh, some seafood boils. <laughs> Absolutely. So at the end of the day, I'm also worried as a American, a taxpaying American, right? Because this is just dramatically increasing our national debt, which I think as of right now is around 27 trillion dollars you know i mean the way they do printing the money now i'm gonna ignore debt from now on man because i mean if they could just roll over and say look if it's a print out 1200 checks for you know 50 billion americans <laughs> like you hypothetically speaking um then i know they could cover this debt i mean they could cover world hunger they could cover everything so you know they basically to cover the uh, sheet has been pulled back from behind the magic show. Yes. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree. And but but let's talk about now. Uh, oh, for this, <laughs> especially the, the kind of uh, uh, pesto you be eating, Chloe. <laughs> but one before from that. But uh, I doubt anyone buying a P- wait. I doubt anyone buying a PS5 with that money. No, they're buying PS5. They're with buying PS5 with that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody and they might have overpaid for it still. Like, oh, you still want a thousand dollars for it? All right, let me get it. I'm telling you, Chloe, I understand what your point is, but people are using this money to go out and splurge. I've heard too many people who wanted to splurge with the money. They did the same thing with the last stimulus check mm-hmm. or whatnot. So, and, and, and it's and it's, a, it's a mentality. I don't know because they didn't have normally, they want to like, yo, I'm going to buy what I don't have, but instead, it should have been. But you know what it is? A longer time. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ben. You know what it is? Um, I don't know if you know this. Even though there's a lot of people who don't have money, who obviously been furloughed, lost their jobs, or whatever, scamming is at an all-time high. <laughs> like, if you look at the, the market for certain, like, let's say for jewelry, you would think uh, a lot of jewelers would be hurting right now because, uh, you know, a lot of rappers, they're not touring, they're not making any money, they're not getting any money in the back end, so... You would think the prices of diamonds and stuff like that would be lower, but no, they're at an all-time high because scammers are taking advantage of these PPP loans, the P, the what is it, PUA, whatever it's called, um, <laughs> and these, and they've been scamming at a at an all-time high with these credit cards, so they're winning. So because of that, a lot of things when it comes to the fluctuation of certain products or like cars and jewelry have been at an all time high because of scammers. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> so you think that's what they use the stimulus money for these scams? Oh yeah. Well, maybe not the stimulus checks, but like the loans and the other yeah. opportunities that they, the grants and stuff like that. Or just let alone just credit cards and other things that you could take from people's incomes and stuff like that. The scammers are winning. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And what were your thoughts on the amount they wound up giving us and going back and forth on the stimulus? Thanks. I mean, it's a joke. But I did hear that they were, I think they are going to cave down and do the 2000 whatever stimulus thing Mm -hmm. uh, under Biden's administration, but they're not going to do the uh, student loan forgiveness. Oh, they they were never going to do that. Because they said, I think, yeah, because I think they said if they, did a uh, a fraction of like ten thousand. It was going to cost them millions. Like they were going to lose millions and millions of dollars in losses if they just did a, a, a subtraction of, of, of just ten thousand per American who is in that situation. I wonder how much they lose just printing money. Oh, I mean, obviously, nothing. It, it's, it's <laughs> they it's, just rolled over and printed the, the money. The amount of money they printed in two thousand twenty is ridiculous. It's crazy. It's like, wait, y'all could print money at this? Well, right. And we knew right. this, it, but it's like a slap in the face when it really happens. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we we knew they could do this. And people mm-hmm. have been calling for them to do this. But they were just like, no, we can't do that. And then, like I said, nope. their bottom line like, is yeah. real. You know, they started losing money. The restaurant industry is losing money. Entertainment in its totality took a major loss in 2020. You know, in all facets. I mean, regular movie theaters, dining out, uh, amusement parks, everything. So the people, the corporate world that owns those and the people who have major stocks and investments and are tied to all of that took a loss. That's where the money's coming from. Like, hey, look, just take a few dollars here. But as far as the scammers thing, that's funny because <laughs> they are winning. <laughs> they are, they are winning heavy. That's not a lie. Like, they, they are I taking know people advantage. in jail that got like 40000 off the PPP loan. Like, how, how are you in jail and you got a PPP loan? Like, it's crazy. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, Josh, we're all going to pay for it soon. Mm. We're going to pay for it. Yeah, and, and the reason... Um... You know, and with them, uh, like you said, with all those losses, Jeff, to the restaurants and entertainment industry, which makes you think why they rushed out a vaccine. When vaccines normally take years to develop, we got one in six, seven months, which goes to my next topic about the ER nurse that tested positive for COVID only days after receiving the vaccine. Mm. And, you know, what does that make you? Uh, and I think it was in uh, Oregon or Washington. I'm not sure where it was at, but what does that make you feel about the vaccine and and uh, stuff like that. Well, I mean, it's just uh, it, it was a sham and a mockery and a travesty, all in one, all together. That they would actually roll out the concept. And I even saw a briefing that said even in May they were preparing, or June they were preparing to uh, provide the vaccine to mass quantities of people. Like in May or June, y'all were already thinking about that. Like, you know, and now we're here at the end of the year. But, you know, look, son, everything revolves around the dollar. And again, you know, and yeah, there's it's, it's always risk with vaccines. You're right. And uh, at the end of the day, it's just too soon. I mean, scientifically, it's too soon, in my opinion. And I'm no scientist. I, I just think it's too soon. I agree. Banks, what do you think about that, Banks? I think with the vaccine, um, I mean, I personally are, are not a fan of vaccines, but uh, I do think there's some sort of foul play 
with this particular vaccine, just based off of the simple facts of how quickly they were able to come up with this in a matter of months. Also, with the amount of billionaires and millionaires who are investing in, uh, I think, was it two or three pharmaceutical companies that Mm -hmm. are going to have this vaccine or whatever? Like, the amount of money that's invested is ridiculous. And then, like, with, like, my friends who work in hospitals, like, they're offering them $500 paint bonuses if they take the vaccine. Wow. That's breaking news right there. Look at that. Okay. Yeah, so I'm just like with with all this, and then like I just watched an interview with with a billionaire. I was talking to Josh earlier with Grant Cardone. He's a uh, multi. He's a multi. Well, billionaire basically in regards to like in, in regards to like real estate and investments and stuff like that. And he's adamant on saying like I'm not taking the vaccine. I don't trust it. And if I need a card, I'm gonna get one anyway. So, but I'm not doing right. it. And my kids are not taking it either. You got a billionaire telling you in confidence and with great stride, like, I'm not taking it. Come on, man. <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it's just like you have all these little little things, right? You have the, these hidden boxes that are not being checked. And I don't, my, me personally, I just don't think it makes sense, especially with the past of what prior vaccines have done. And, you know, just, just the whole idea of, the pharmaceutical industry just really being in it for money as opposed to finding a cure, not really curing anything, just keeping you on a drug, which I don't really agree with either. So, but I just don't trust it. Okay. Uh, you, you see close statement right there. Thanks. What do you think about that? I'll read it so it's not quiet. She said the number of medical professionals disagree. There is statistical data that supports it's safe comparably to other vaccines that are already available, like the flu shot. Uh, doctors I know were fighting to take it because they're on the front line and see the impact of COVID firsthand. So they'd rather take it and take their chances. Doctors and hospitals also receive money based upon who take the vaccines and who are administrated towards COVID-19. So I'm not going to trust anything that they're saying. And I even, I have people who work in the pharmaceutical company, the pharmaceutical industry who are skeptical about taking the particular vaccine because they don't, they're not certain what's in the vaccine and what the side effects of the vaccine are because they're not getting clear answers. So if, I, if there's people in the industry saying they're skeptical on taking it, I don't, I mean, I don't care if a doctor or a, a one doctor or a hundred doctors refute the statement of saying like, oh, it's safe. I'm like, how do you know it's safe? This has been, this has come out in a couple months. So what, t- how, what, how many studies or tests have you ran in this, what, nine month, 10 month period? for you to say or have a conclusion like I'm 100% accurate that this is not going to do anything to you or this is not going to cause any side effect or this is actually going to eradicate COVID-19. They can't say that. Well, I mean, it's a case-by-case basis if you ask me. I mean, everybody's going to react differently. You know, I mean, and yeah, there's going to be skepticism, of course, because of the speed behind it. But I think there it just wasn't enough research for me. I mean, there just haven't been enough you know, points of data, numbers, stats, results. I'm a results-based guy. Show me results. And right now, and, and we're torn because the media, 
you know, the most effective devil in America is, you know, putting its spin onto it because we're only seeing the six cases where people had bad outbreaks, maybe not the 20,060 cases where everything worked out well. So, you know, uh, we're in a tailspin, but uh, I mean, just I'm not a firm, but I don't trust the government. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, anything driven behind them is going to be malicious for the people and beneficial for their parties. But the vaccine itself, it's just not something that I would trust. And like you said, Banks, I mean, it's it's crazy because it's like they take money to say this type of stuff. <laughs> right. Like they clear, like the FDA, like I feel bad. I read stuff. Right. My son just bought some pills to get taller, right? I said, right. dang, you're already six foot one. And I said, it's not even FDA approved. Why you order them? <laughs> he didn't even know. So and my thing you know. with that is also like they're, they're pushing you to take this stuff. But if you look at the numbers in regards to COVID-19, I'm like, I understand people are dying. But if you look at the numbers and they're saying that the probability of you beating COVID-19 is so high, one, I, I just don't understand the, the urgent need of a vaccine. And then two, if it has to do with your underlying health, why not implement programs to eradicate some of the foods that's causing your health to go downwards? Like, why not stop what they're putting in the meats or in the fast foods or the processed candies and sugars and all that? Why not put a stop to that? Because if that's really the thing that's, you know, expediting the process, why not put a put a halt to it? But they're not. So. I just personally think it's just a money grab. Um, but you there's know. a question. There's a question for you right there, Banks. Nah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put an end to my travels. I'm not taking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stay in Jersey for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> or move so to Houston with the time frame I got and take as many trips as I can in that time frame and then call it quits. Yeah, so I want to ask aviation. I want nah, to ask Flo, did she sign up for the pre-registration? Did she take in the vaccine? And then up to Josh, uh, you've been quiet on this topic so far. But they got 450,000 signatures. Yeah, I saw that. In Jersey. What, 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 are, what, what are your thoughts on the, the, um, the people who are having allergic reactions, the nurse who still tested positive, and the vaccine itself? Now came out, Josh. Well, for me, uh, I agree with you guys. It's too soon, obviously. And conjunction with that, the pharma, big pharma, their record is behind them, right? So the record is counting against them, which they usually do things for money grabs. And again, as we know with the, let's say the, uh, with each product that big pharma has, they have a marketing campaign and a marketing budget as well as an expense budget, right? So if a let's say if a vaccine or a pill or whatever costs let's say four billion dollars to produce and they're they're forecasting let's say 12 to 16 billion dollars and then they're going to end up have to paying from all the lawsuits because let's at the end of the day this is big pharma who their commercials have side effects might include dot 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 it's whatever this is this is literally what they know for i think they might have coined that phrase from their infomercials so as long as that number, which is the cost to produce and the and the cost for the for the lawsuits, the class action lawsuits, as long as it's less than 12 to 16 billion, they won. And that's how big pharma works. That's 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 literally their business model. We're going to have these amount of sales 
And as long as our cost to produce plus the cost for all the frivolous lawsuits or actual lawsuits or the class action lawsuits doesn't equal our our uh, revenue, we're good. We're in the we're in the green. No no CEO is going to get uh, terminated for that because they made the company billions of dollars. So that that's how I view the vaccine. To me, it's just all all money. And to Banks's point, right? The the rate of people getting infected is high, but the rate of people dying is low. Number one, number two, from what I've heard about what's actually inside of the vaccine, they may or may not allegedly be using uh, apparently dead fetus uh, uh, type of DNA in it, and it actually changes your DNA as well. So for me, as a person who is a, a believer in a higher power, to me, that sounds like mark of the beast to me when it's changing your DNA, especially when you don't need it. Not to mention, we see all over the world that it's getting different strains. So just like the flu, and I don't take the flu shot. A lot of people don't take the flu shot because they don't trust it. But they're not keeping the same energy for this, which is also, to me, you know, for me, Mike, that's selective morality 101. So to me, that doesn't really make right. sense. Now, unless you're uh, at risk, to me, that makes sense for you to be on the front line to take the vaccine. So if you're elderly, underlying conditions for you it makes more sense but just like i felt like and i agree with banks it makes more sense for people who are more at risk they should be the ones who being inside because then they're less likely to catch it if they're out and about and they can have things delivered to them they can have people you know going out of the way like coming around them with masks type of thing and then yeah and then i guess the 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 crown of it all is that celebrities are used to getting everything first and the one time they have the ability to get everything first none of them want it <laughs> yeah that's yeah. true too and uh so yeah i all of your stuff is is, is perfect to me as far as the vaccines <laughs> that's funny as far as the vaccines uh uh are concerned first thing first like scientifically like she was saying but to me there's again there's no vaccine that ever happened in under two years so so my thing is in a few months how do you make one for the most deadliest virus that we ever seen in our in our lifetime doesn't make any sense to me how does it come out so fast you know how josh said it big pharma had to find a way to make money and then to your older point jeff because the economy was so bad to try to get people to go back out there. Um, I also, and I'll get to close the comment in a second. I also think that um, what happens, like Josh was saying, so the fear, the fear mongering from the virus and what can happen, I feel like has led to the vaccine, but the vaccine giving people a placebo effect because they don't really know if it works or not. Right. So, but, they feel like if I have it, I'm safe now. So it's really just a placebo in their mind. So even the doctors and nurses that Chloe says that she knows, they're not the lab rats who are in there making the vaccine. They only hear from the lab rats. And they're saying, yeah, they told me this is good, so it's good. But they don't really know. So it's just like, it's just like um, I don't know, in your mind. Like, like, if you ever told a little kid, like, you, you made up, like, yeah, um, I'll put this hat on you, and now nothing can touch you. And the kid, yeah, like, walk yeah. around, like, nothing can touch me. That's what the vaccine is, is doing to people right now, because they don't really even know. So, for me, I feel like that, um, 
I, I, I'm not taking it, especially right now. I would need to see, uh, like, more time pass because whatever they have, I'm sure it will get better over time. So just like it's just like a, um, uh, people who buy gaming systems. A lot of people, Josh, you know, they don't buy the first gen, right? They're like the first gen has mistakes and <laughs> stuff like that or whatever it is. Same way with me. I ain't taking the first vaccines. Give me the second or third or fourth vaccine after I feel like they're going to pull some kinks out. And then we'll be mm-hmm. you know, better. Uh, that's my thoughts. Uh, we'll see versus the What was our previous comment, Josh? I missed that one. The, uh, the longer one. I personally waited for the long-term data to come in. I don't take flu shot, period. However, <laughs> other vaccines I'm okay with because of the data track record. Also, the virus is mutating fast. Because it's mutating fast, this is true, then how long will this vaccine, which we don't even know if it really does work, continue to work? That's my thing. But I agree with you, Chloe, on the long-term data and the longer term, you know, getting something better in place. Absolutely. Uh, and to your, your fear-mongering here, Miguel, this is what it did for billionaires. I mean, let's be honest, Jeff Bezos is definitely in that, uh, he definitely got at least, what, 100 to 200 billion of that? 506 oh billion? <laughs> Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, like they got a whole lot of money off this uh off this uh pandemic and stuff like that. So um but moving forward, man, because CX questioned the banks, and this might be real. What's this fake? And the question was some airlines say they may need you to show vaccine paperwork the same way you would show a passport moving forward. Mm. You as a as a travel person, Josh, how do you feel about that? Oh, for me, I'm staying put or to that uh that quandary you gave the banks. Like, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to you going to go across state lines for me or take the vaccine? I'm going to go to a place that doesn't require it. Probably like a place like the Caribbean because they have incredibly low numbers and still do. So for me, places like the Caribbean who actually rely on tourism to me, that that's the best gamble, even if that means I have to go and can't come back. I mean, that's the best case scenario. I mean, come on. I have to switch it up. (laughs) I don't know, Banks. The way you like to travel, I feel like you'll take it to be able to travel. I mean, I like Josh. I mean, I, me personally, I've only really been to the Caribbean and like North America, Canada, <laughs> and with the exception of Spain. Uh, and I didn't really like Europe like that. To be honest, I feel like it was. Too whoa, expensive. whoa, whoa, me, uh, Banks! You can't just judge Europe on Spain here, Senor Juan. Uh, okay, I'll I'll go off of Spain because Spain's a little different. <laughs> what um, part of Spain? I know, actually, for a fact, though, I know I would like London because I met a, a lot of women from London, <laughs> and we vibe well. So I I think that's different. But Spain is a, a whole different ball game. If you don't speak Spanish fluently, and you don't really look like them. It's a bit difficult out there. <laughs> well, at least in Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona. Yes. Uh, but, I mean, if, if I got restrictions to the Caribbean, I'm fine with that. It don't matter to me. I don't got to go to Europe. They didn't want me there in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm fine with that. And Brazil, you know, if I want to go Brazil, they open, open anyway. The president don't care. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't take it either. I mean, you know what? I would get my Hertz rental car points up. Mm. <laughs> I bring Hertz back in a full fledged as I drive everywhere. But you know, if I if it was nah, I would just be like you said, I would be restricted to 
you know, the DMV, that would be the case for me, you know. Um, if we knew about it ahead of time, yeah, I would travel to a place like, the, you know, the Caribbean um, or something of that magnitude, maybe even Mexico. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rico wouldn't be too bad. I mean, even though it is part of the United States in some regard. So, yeah. But, no, nah, I would pass on that too, Mike. I'm sorry. I mean, me too, but I, I do see a, a world where – you know, only because they want other people to at least mentally feel safe. So it's like, you know, if I'm getting on this plane, everybody had the vaccine, right? So people will spend more money. So I can definitely see the world where they implement that. And then it starts to trickle down to even somewhere like the gym or the movie theater, where you might have to show on your phone, had the vaccine to get in here, right? So that way everybody feels like they can go in there. So I feel like there's just a way they're going to try to get force it to say, listen, you can't go in a grocery store without showing you had the vaccine at some point. So I feel like they might try to do that in order to force people to take it at some point. This is where we need to become rich and make the have the right network so we can get these vaccine cards that Greg Cardone was talking about. <laughs> without Grant, without on, taking on the it. Type of way he talked yes. about it. like I'm gonna get a card. I'm gonna get a card too. Grant, let me hold that. <laughs> well, it's coming like sure. that. If I can just buy one, I'm gonna find somebody that could buy it. <laughs> And to her point, like, well, I just answered the question. I'm going to make it like you have to take it, but they will say if you don't take it, you can't, you have, you can't get in a certain place. I feel like that's going to be the ultimate outcome, in my, in my opinion. But at the same time, there are a lot of Americans who are anti-mask. So what if they say you have to take the vaccine, you have to wear a mask everywhere? I'm still wearing the mask. I'm cool with that. Of course. Yeah, I'm still wearing the mask. Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm cool with that 100%. But, um, yeah, I I'm going to wear the mask. You know, well, again, it goes back to all of it, right? It's because of the vaccine, but it's also because of the big business. So every time somebody takes it, how much money does your insurance company pay for that, right? So if they get everybody or kind of force their hand to take it, that's so much more money for Pfizer, Moderna, and all, all the pharmaceutical companies who are making these vaccines and stuff like that. So um, I could, if you go to the, like, when it's allowed for the public outside of the, where's that now? When you go to your every time you go to your doctor, they're gonna say, When you taking the vaccine, I guarantee you. So they might already start doing that. They might already mm. start doing that. Yeah, they are. Like that. I know some yeah. friends that are I know some friends that are that are doctors and they took it. Try to present yeah, an example. I'm talking about your doctor pushing it. Like they, like they, they, like they, they push the flu shot. They will. Now. I mean yeah. they're pushing it in hospitals. Yeah. I, I, I know yeah, I told you that five hundred dollar fake stimmy. No, no, we're talking about uh, regular people taking it, though. They push yeah, it. Oh, they will. If they're pushing the staff, <laughs> of course they're going to. Eesh. Never mind. I'll take Stop. it back and see my mask expose my breath. Shout out to Oh She Talk Talk. She got YouTube oh. as well. Make sure you subscribe. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I got I to check her out. Definitely. I hope we're higher rent to ticket today. Okay. Well, keep me updated, Chloe. How do you, how do, well, let me know. How I hope I yes. hope they make it till Christmas. <laughs> Christmas? Valentine's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Day. Damn, Mike, you want to give it a less than a month. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> we'll see. But moving on forward, man, uh, it was also kind of kind of like, not really political, but another video. Um we had on Ryan. Did you have that video, Josh? Or no. Yeah. How much? Uh, how long did you want to play it? I mean, you can play like the first two, three minutes, I guess. Just got to get the point. All right. I got you. Kind of ties in with today, too, what's going on as well. 
has owned the slave. Black people got to stop blaming people for their issues and clean up their own communities. Slavery was a long time ago. Black people need to get over it. That's what continuously is told to me. Now, before I respond, <laughs> I'm going to need you guys to share this video. I'm not going to curse. I'm not going to spread false information. Everything that I'm about to say is 100% true. You can look it up to see. And I'm not going to say anything that makes people uh, cringe, at least language-wise. All right. Let's not dwell on the past. Let's go to modern history. Let's go 1964. 1964, right? That's 56 years ago. We all know somebody 56 years old, whether it's us, our parents, grandparents. So you would call that modern history, right? That was when <laughs> the Civil Rights Act was passed, which made it illegal to discriminate against black people. So understand that if you know anybody over the age of 56, they lived in a time where legally you could discriminate against black people. Okay? But now that the Civil Rights Act was passed, we all know that once the government <laughs> signs a bill or a law, everybody abides by it, correct? So that would explain why Martin Luther King Jr., who you love to bring up so much, Martin Luther King Jr. kept protesting and kept marching, and he himself ended up being killed in 1968. That's 52 years ago. Do y'all know somebody 52 years old? Probably. So, a lot of people bring up Martin Luther King. Y'all should be more like Martin Luther King. He would be ashamed. He would not like the things that y'all are doing. Um, <clears throat> When Martin Luther King died... He had a negative approval rating. As a matter of fact, polls taken at the time said that more than one-third of people polled said that he brought his death upon himself. <laughs> All this stuff, you can look up. Moving forward, 1971, 49 years ago. You know, you guys in your 40s, this is you guys. Um, Richard Nixon, the president, declared a war on drugs which you can look up and research that his war on drugs basically just targeted hippies and black people. All right, you know, you know, black people for like heroin, opioids, you know, like the opioid crisis that we're currently in, that they're sending everybody to rehab and not putting anybody in prison. Yeah, you know, empathy and things of that nature. Yeah, it wasn't the case for black people in the 70s threw all of them in jail, and even if they weren't really doing it, throw them in jail too. Um, then hippies, you know, people who are about peace, love, understanding, you know, all lives matter. Um, they were unfairly treated and arrested. Views of marijuana, you know marijuana. Marijuana is the drug that while we're in a pandemic and 40 million Americans have lost their job, marijuana <laughs> dispensaries are considered... <laughs> essential that's right been open the whole time the people who were smoking that and saying all lives matter yeah they were targeted they were targeted too and richard nixon's run ran until 1974 that doesn't mean these practices ended that means that he officially left office in 1974 that was 46 years ago we all know someone who's 46 
But that's the 70s. Let's not dwell on the 70s. Let's move to the 80s. Let's say something like 1987. Know anybody born in 1987? If you don't, you're looking at one. 33 years old. 1987. The CIA flooded black communities with crack cocaine to pay for a war in Nicaragua. You can look this up. You, they've made documentaries about it. There's even a movie called Kill the Messenger that was made about it, starring Hawkeye. That's how that's how soon it is. One of the Avengers played in the movie. All you have to do is look up the CIA and Contra. You'll you'll find everything you need to know. You'll know that Hawkeye played a guy named Webb. What happened to Webb? Why can't you just look him up? Because he's dead. You know, unfortunately, he committed suicide by shooting himself in the back of the head two times. All right, so so now we have crack flooded through the black communities all through the late 80s into the 90s. And black people are like, please help us. This is tearing apart our community. So then comes the crime bill. Did this crime bill stop bringing drugs into the community? No, it did not stop the flood of illegal weapons or guns into the community. It just put everybody in the community in prison. Did it offer drug rehabilitation for the whole community? No, it did not. It left the crackheads to raise the children. This is 1994. This is the 90s. Y'all remember the 90s? Sure. Because I'm pretty sure by now, if you're watching this video, you were probably alive in the 90s. And after this bill incarcerated more black people than ever before in the history of the U.S., businesses decided to get in business with prisons because you could get free labor. And I know some of y'all might go, you can't get free labor. That's slavery. Well, according to the 13th Amendment, you know, that abolished slavery, slavery became illegal except, guess where, prisons, which are disproportionately <laughs> filled with what? Black people. Now prisons are big business, making over $100 million a year. So in order to keep this business up, prisons have a quota for how many people must be in it every year. Yes, you heard me right. There is a quota for how many people they have to have in the beds in prisons. How do you do that? By putting more people in prisons. Maybe for crimes they didn't commit. Maybe giving them longer sentences to keep people in beds <laughs> so you can meet this quota, which black people have been complaining about. And you can do the research on to find that this is true. Mass incarceration is modern day slavery. Also, when you get out and you want to change your life, you can't because people don't treat felons the same way, no matter what your felony is, and you're not allowed to vote. And since pretty much one in every three black men have been or will go to prison, we lose 33% of our voting power. And all of this is prevalent today. 2020. Yeah. You remember 2020? Of course you remember 2020. Because if you're watching this video, that means you lived in 2020. Now, with all this information I've given you, I haven't brought up police brutality. I haven't brought up racism from civilians. 
I haven't brought up racist practices by the banks. And I, I'm just giving you what the government did to black people. And some of y'all will go, I didn't know any of this. But I, I've given you statistics. And it's okay that you didn't know. It's not okay, but it's okay. Because most of us, statistically speaking, all of us went to school with a girl who was abused in some type of way. But we didn't know. It doesn't mean it didn't happen to her. It just means we didn't know. But now that you know, now that you know, ask yourself what are you going to do about it to change it? Because it's true. All right. You know what? I, I was going to stop you, Josh, but all the information was too good in that video. So I appreciate that. And, and like uh, OC Talk Talk, you learned about the, you know, movies and things like that, which you might want to check out. And I saw you posted about the 13th. But the premise was somebody said to him, which you, we hear all the time, I guess, that we need to get over slavery. Um, and that was so long ago. And none of us was alive for slavery, yada, yada, yada. And he broke it down. So when you see that, Jeff, what, what are your thoughts about the whole thing? Oh, sad. I mean, uh, but they don't say get over 9-11, I guess. And I, I hate to even use that context because I guess we are all Americans, <clears throat> I guess. So, uh, but with that said, I mean, that's sad, man. I mean, in the world we live in now, and again, like I said, there's so much more exposure now because there's cameras everywhere, there's footage everywhere, everyone, the open eye is available for everyone to notice and see everything and do everything. So, you know, when we come back and we look at this world when time passes on or as time moves on, is it getting better? No. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's getting better at all. You know, I think the the world is a, a worse place than when we found it. Um, I, and I've been saying this probably for about two years now. I think the Internet ruined the world. Like, before the Internet, the world seems so much more pleasant, more peaceful, more innocent. After the internet, it's total chaos, man. I mean, anarchy in all avenues, in all corners of the world, of the nation. It's terrible, man. And, uh, you know, like I said, racism will always stem because this country was built off money and violence. And that's how they got possession of this country. Or that's how mm -hmm. Europeans came here. They, you know, they came violently and will forever be at the, you know, the uh, behind the eight ball, I think. I just think, uh, you know, we have it in us. We just won't unify. That's a bad thing. I got something to say. Um, no, you up, Banks? Go ahead. Yeah. I don't think we should forget about it um, because when you look at Jewish people, um, not to knock anything that they do or bring anything that happened to them, but, you know, for people just say like, oh, we should forget about slavery in that context. What about the Holocaust? What about other things that happened to other nations like the, the bombing in Japan? Like, I'm not trying to downplay those things, but those items, but these are still pivotal moments in history where we should remember. Now, I'm not saying we should dwell in the past. We should always move forward, but we should never forget what happened and we should embrace our history and find better ways to help avoid these things from happening. Because, typic because typically, especially with black people, 
African Americans in the United States, we may not have physical slavery, but with the crime bill, we have jails, which is basically slavery where we, I mean, they're getting paid, but they're getting paid pennies of the dollar and they have contracts to where they have to keep a certain amount of people in the jail system, which are predominantly black. (laughs) And I think once we abolish that idea and some other things that are happening in the world, which we've seen with, I believe it was the Kenyans, I think, I'm not sure, don't quote me on that, but I think until we completely eradicate the, the problem, as far as forgetting what happened, no, we shouldn't. But dwelling on it, we need to do better with how we handle what happened to us and find better solutions to help bring us together. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to people that look like us, we are horrible at working together. We just, even when somebody does good or somebody you know that's doing better, we always find a way to bring them down as opposed to bringing them up. And at the end of the day, we can't do things by ourselves. You need somebody to help. So the whole idea of forgetting, I don't think we should necessarily forget, but I think we should remember and also take a little bit more ownership in finding ways to help alleviate <laughs> some of those things that happen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> The prices in anyone was reading. What what is this? That December twenty. What was that? That thing that was going to happen? December twenty six. The pro black thing. What what day was it again? In December. Was it in December? Twenty first. The equinox. Yeah, it was the twenty first. The twenty first. Yeah. Age of the Aquarius. Yeah, I remember my boy was telling me that like, oh, we about to get superpowers. I'm like, what? Like, By the way, nice. speaking as the resident Aquarian here, we've been in the age yeah. of Aquarius for a couple of years, if oh, not okay. a couple of decades. So that that's really nothing new. But for me, it, it comes down to, I guess, as someone who actually went to a Jewish school and was able to connect with Jewish people over our tragedies and traumas in our own histories and our own cultures. I mean, there is obviously in the Holocaust, but even if you go all the way back to pharaoh in egypt so they were slaves as well so when i again i'm the type of person who can connect with anyone so i'm seeing the similarities because at the end of the day we're human beings we have more similarities than differences however the world makes us focus on our differences and some people see those differences as negative either and usually most of the time it's going to be their own internal struggles with themselves they don't see themselves as adequate so they want to take it out on everyone else. So and then I see things like when they say to, you know, forget about it, get over it. Jeff, that's a great example. 9-11 banks, that's a great example with the Holocaust. You, you're not just going to get over that and you shouldn't. And slavery is definitely in that as well. And then I think about how us as a people have so much trauma in our DNA because keep, people keep sleeping on DNA. DNA has a lot of information in it. And what's passed down is trauma. And then when they see how they treat us when we're alive and then when we, you know, reproduce, that trauma is transferred to our children. And then our children grow up and then they get the same trauma as well. And then the cycle repeats. So and we can actually see it and we're seeing it now. And after 2020, people are still saying this, which is interesting to me. It's just 
cognitive dissonance or more accurately conscious cognitive dissonance because when you actually acknowledge it then you have the responsibility to do something about it which is what ryan was talking about in his video because we can all see it it's all obvious it's all on social media but for you to actually consciously and intellectually acknowledge it they're not willing to do that because then they would have to rechange rechange their whole perspective in life because then they have to take responsibility and accountability for their actions or more specifically lack of actions. So like, yeah, what are you going to do about it now? Are you going to continue doing the same thing? Are you going to, you know, accept the benefits of your privilege without helping anyone else? Not, not saying that we as people should be looking for handouts, even though we might be due more than that with reparations and whatnot with interest. Sure. But at the same time, this is the same thing that made us resilient and this is the same thing that people hate us for because we keep getting up. So for me, I'm saying, you know, if they're going to if they if they want to have that perspective, fine. If they want to be an ally, fine. But we got to focus, as you were saying, Miguel, and as John was saying, as Jeff was alluding to, we all got to come together and just bypass all that. So any of that negative energy, you know, dividing conquer mentality leave that in 2020 we got to move forward and build our own wakanda yeah i definitely agree with that josh um when that statement comes up it it to you know quote unquote uh get over it um uh and i'm gonna get to reparations as well um i want to talk about this when that statement comes up to get over it it bothers me because it acts like it happened for a day and a half it happened for over 400 years wow so just like something, anything in life, you know, you know how they tell you, like, if it took you this many years to gain weight, it'll take you some time to lose weight. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't get over something that, that happened for 400 years in a day and a half. And just like Ryan just said, the Civil Rights Act was only signed 56 years ago. And that's not act like civil rights before that was all peaches and cream. It wasn't people owning slaves and picking cotton, but it still was. People couldn't go to, you know, use a white bathroom or go to a white restaurant or couldn't go with it, uh, to a library, whatever it was, stuff like that. I have a, my grandfather's 83 right now, which means he lived in that era in Georgia where he's in Georgia where he had to deal with that racism every single day of his life, stuff like that. So, and then we got to think about it. So he's 83. That means that his grandfather was a slave, right? More than likely. So how can I just get over it knowing that one of my ancestors was probably beaten, whipped, chained and stuff like that? That's hard to do in my estimation. Then we talk about the Holocaust, like Jeff said. So the Holocaust was like 20 years, right? Just the Holocaust. Not, not talking about the Jews and the pharaohs, Josh, but just the Holocaust. Slavery was 400 years. It's a huge difference and whatnot. Um, and, and, I, and I think that we have to understand that. But not only was the Holocaust much shorter, they got reparations. It's mm -hmm. a reason why the Jews owned Viacom, which fired Nick Cannon earlier last year. You know why? From those Jewish reparations that stem from the Holocaust. Right? And then Beyond the Jews, just now let's go back to the slave owners. The slave owners are the reason why a lot of white people still have generational wealth to this day. So, again, how can we get over it when you're benefiting from it still and we're not? So, you may be somebody's great, 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 great granddaughter who owned, and that guy owned a, a slave farm, and now 
you have uh, uh, passed down to you money or land or opportunity that we can't have because at that time we couldn't own anything. So again, I do want to move forward and try to build and come together and be better, but just don't tell me to get over it, <laughs> especially when you're still benefiting from it. I think that's, I mean, not you, meaning you, this white person personally, but the majority of the white culture, because they are the ones who own the slaves, who own, who who, who made the money from it at the time. And one more thing, because she said, do you think, uh, uh, do you think not getting reparations set us back or should that not have even mattered? I do think it set us back because I think that, again, let's talk about what slavery is people who don't understand what slavery is they just you know who who, who look at movies and see the like you know the people getting whipped it's free labor that's basically what it is right so we built this country for nothing and whatnot and then let them benefit from it all your trains they're running these train tracks and deliver stuff all your 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 your, your, your cathedral churches that the white people go to we built them brick by brick by brick by brick for no money um and, and started the whole t-shirt and cotton industry by picking it pricking our fingers i don't want to get too deep into it point is is that i do think not getting anything from it definitely set us back and we're still trying to catch up and we're going to catch up though because we, we're going to persevere but we're still trying to catch up well, those are my thoughts that's a fair point i would also say before you get into it jeff and this just a quick comment here i do think not getting reparations definitely did set us back for all the points miguel said but I also think waiting for reparations and thinking that we're entitled for reparations set us back even further. But go ahead, Brother Jeff. That's exactly where I was going. I mean, when are we at, when are we going to start just taking the accountability for having the tools that are out there for us to catch up? Like the tools are there. And, and granted, earlier I said that the Internet ruined the world, but it also created an avenue for people to you know, expeditiously get to where they want to be in life and, you know, obtain new skills and resources and learn about what's out there. So some of that burden really falls on us because honestly, for us to even come from poverty means that some, the people weren't using the tools necessary. You know, like the opportunities were there. I mean, listen, it starts as early as going to school. And I always say school is not a place to learn. It is a place to learn to be disciplined. You know what I'm saying? They send you to elementary school and people don't take that stuff seriously and they coast through it and they, they get mediocre grades and stuff and that translate into middle school. You're mediocre in middle school, X, Y, Z in high school. But then you do have people who take and maybe it's the structure at home and that can be an issue. And then again, that might be, you know, from people who haven't learned to excel or make themselves better or evolve as individuals into adults, into parents, X, Y, and Z. But, you know, I, I took school seriously, so I got good grades. So I, more opportunities came and I know there's a hand, there's a boatload of people who did the same exact stuff I did. And there's a boatload of people who came to school and they gave it no effort and they got nothing out of it. And some of those people turned to the streets and are are in jail or did so now you gotta you know the pendulum is there like okay when are we going to start taking care of what we need to start taking care of that's fair too and definitely we need to do it we need to do our part but to your point about catching up look what you said to catch up why do we got to catch up you know what i'm saying you're, you're yeah, starting behind in, in the race and then and in order to try to catch up we have more obstacles right because 
you know, they still don't let they they still keep us out of certain jobs, certain out of certain positions and higher tiers, right? But they'll hire us in, in the ground level or even a good position, but we're never the CEO. Look at the NFL, how many black owners, right? So yeah. we don't have any of the, any of that. Now they might give us a, a a GM job here or there, a couple coaches, but we ain't owning no teams, right? So, but it's, it's white like, people out there like that too. So far. Lower like class white people that are in the same predicament as us. So it's not like we're, you know, but like thirty-two teams that are thirty-two white owners. Right? I, I'm talking aside from the sports. I'm talking. I'm just talking about just generally. Like there are what people say white trash or you know lower class Caucasian people, you know, and they're suffering as well. I mean, there may not be any been any like passed down land or anything of that magnitude. But like you said, Mike. People have to be educated to do stuff like invest, you know, whether it's cryptocurrency, whether it's the stock, whether it's investing in land. The tools are there. You could go on the Internet and search anything you want in the entire world. And with COVID, you can do anything you want from home now. You can get a Ph.D. from home. Like, let's be for real. The The tools tools are are there there to get you to the door. I agree. But there's still uh, a... uh, a person behind the door who may not let you just because of the color that you are. May, That's the yes. one thing that we we start to deal with. At some point, we may not have to. I feel like it, it will happen. I, I hope it's in my lifetime. But I feel like I feel like we we've taken steps, but they're not leaps, right? They're yeah. like baby yeah. steps. And, and, that, and that's fair. That that's those are both fair points. And I guess for me, it has to do with the mentality shift. So instead of thinking that we have to go work for them, we can work for ourselves and come together and make our own conglomerate, make our own corporations, and then we don't have to worry about that issue at all. And at the end of the day, we all understand that when it comes to business, whether it's sports, entertainment, or whatever, it all comes down to results. So if you have the skills and you have the space to illustrate your skills, you're going to get results. And the market will speak for itself. So we have this ability. We just have to have that mental shift collectively to be like, wait a minute. Why is this? Why am I thinking about going into 100000 in debt just to go work for, you know, someone else who may or may not turn me down based upon my culture and my skin color? Why don't I just learn what I in school, learn what I learned in school and create my own and then hire people and won't have that issue. So, I think one word you said there that was very, very important. It was always important, but one word was collectively. Uh, there we go. Reborn Black Wall Street. I think our issue now, to get to Jeff's point, as as Black people, is that we all want to do things individually and kind of like, nah, man, I can't put you up on this, or whatever like that, instead of like bringing it together and try to build a Black Wall Street or something where we can uh, have something, you know, uh, uh, together to be able to hire people, a conglomerate and whatnot. Those people who own uh these networks and viacom and stuff like that they have tons of investors that come in together that are all white to make sure that they stay in a certain place all these nfl like i said i have to bring them back up but the nfl owners then it's normally not one it's a group of white people who came together to own this team so i think we do have a problem of doing things you know together for some reason even even going down to like the generational wealth thing um you know there's a lot of times where there may be a father with a business a store 
or, or whatever you, you want to call it. And the son, like, you know what I mean? Dad, can I get now? He like, nah, man, you got to find the only like I did or whatever like that. And I think you got a problem with that sometimes. I think a problem, one of our, another one of our problems is like education, right? And not, not schools and books, right? You could tell a guy, hey, I'm into this and I'll be doing this and this is what the results are, right? Sometimes we want you to hold our hand the whole way. Mm. Like, hey, look, I'm going to send you three videos to go look at XYZ. They want you to watch the video. You know, we want us to watch the videos with them. I, I think it's, it's learning. Like our learning abilities are, are just really uh, redundant and and aged in my opinion like we don't have the ability to individually learn something on our own and take it on initiative to go ahead and do it and learn it and figure it out so yeah i mean you mike we watch plenty of shows regarding mm -hmm. investing and stuff like that yeah. uh, and fortunately for us we take heed but how many other people aren't out there taking heed to what they're saying they're getting the information but they're just not putting it to use and not to effort thing to me Absolutely. And to the other point, I think we're going to get into it later when we talk more about entertainment. For me, it's more about you have these companies who are owned by these people of different cultures that aren't ours, who are benefiting from our skill set and our authentic ability. Right. And then the entertainment presented is leading the people who aren't taking heed down that path to keep them on the hamster wheel, which powers the economy and that continues the slave owners generational wealth. So to on one on one side of the pendulum, as Jeff was saying, it is about accountability. I agree with that a thousand percent. And on the other side, of course, we shouldn't forget Miguel. And at the same time, there's structure in place to keep us at this level and keep them at that level. But again, as Jeff said, it comes down to education and not not with books, not with uh, what is deemed as valid and authorized in society, but the actual common sense. See how the world actually works. And then act accordingly. We need to teach children this at an incredibly young age so they can view, have that world perspective, not from a, a narrow vantage point, but from seeing it from 360 degrees and have that ability to play cosmic chess as the people in the boardrooms are doing. I agree. And also keep our stuff. That's another thing, too. Like, I think sometimes we hit on something and we feel like that, you know, we made a good money on let's sell it. You know what I mean? And like Jeff Bezos, you mentioned him earlier today. He he didn't sell Amazon 10 years ago when it was starting to boom, right? He still made so much money from it. You got Dr. Dre, so so beats to uh, Apple, 50 cents, so vitamin water. Like we we get a little bit of boom, we're like, all right, just gotta go. Oh, never like that. Then it blows up and but we don't make that money. But we can't never get to their level because we don't we're so one we so fix it on a quick dollar that we don't want to keep and watch things blossom. We don't have patience. That's also an issue, I think, that we have. So, um, and uh, in my opinion, it, it, it's just a lot. It's going to take a while, but I do think that, you know, that, that togetherness, Jeff, Jeff, you hit it on the head, you know, take your time to study and, and get better. Uh, you know, I told you, Jeff, I can watch Monday Night Football, but I'd rather watch a show about stock market and getting better and investing because that's what's going to help me, you know, uh, mm -hmm. later on in life. So I, I, I do think that's part of it. But as far as the slavery comment, we, 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 we can't ever forget it, man. It, it was too All long, right. too bad. And like I said, we walk down a road and go into church. It was built by a black person, most likely. So I mean, what's my act like that? You know, we didn't build the country, you know, for them. So, but let's keep it a little. Let's get a little lighter, man. Move on forward. Hey, Banks, where you at? <laughs> you did. But um, let's move forward to uh pop culture. 
Um, I, I'm going to save the Charlemagne for, for Banks if he comes back in. But let's talk about Cardi B, Josh. And okay. is Cardi B a hypocrite is a topic. Basically, and I can't wait to hear Chloe on this. But um, <laughs> oh, well, let's see. Can, oh, let's ask her a question. Can black we people are. be racist? We Can are. Curious of y'all. We are. I mean, we are. I mean, and it's not because we want to be. That's the defense mechanism that we have because that's how the rest of the world is. So we have to be in that same mindset as well or else we'll just get trampled by the marathon or the racing of the bulls of all the other countries and nationalities and ethnicities that say, hey, we're only going to be for our people. So if we don't do that, then we can't defend ourselves. So, yes, I definitely believe we are. Um, it just, For some reason, in a, <laughs> it's sad that it doesn't carry the same connotation as it does for a white person when you say a black person person is racist you know it just isn't as heavy it doesn't hit as hard you know for some reason but it is true i mean the only part we not racist on is money because <laughs> we give all lives to every other culture so i mean you know if, if we were racist in the dollar aspect we'd be a lot further ahead but i definitely believe we are uh, and like i said it's not because we want to be because we're naturally loving people and we're giving people but i just think we are because of everything that's going on and evolving around us it forces us to be uh want to answer that question josh not by definition racism involves oppression of a less dominant race thousand percent and I definitely do agree that black people can be racist, just like anyone of any race can be racist. To me, it's just a perspective, not about the skin color. And to Jeff's point of sure, when black people are said to be racist, it doesn't hit as hard as white people, but the white people are the more dominant people at the end of the day. So for me, whenever I view racism, to me, I was like, nah, because essentially you're going to be just like them. Why would you want to be like them? Look what they've done with that t type of perspective and mentality. But to a, to a degree, it is a defense mechanism, but you got to become aware and actually see people for who they are. Because at the end of the day, anyone of someone in your own race can treat you a certain way, as we see, unfortunately, too often as people of different races. So it's really just it's a perspective at the end of the day. I'm I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily racism, though, when, when you hear that comment. I just think that's... Uh, well, you know, I mean, if someone said that about black people stuff, we would, we would consider it as <laughs> racist. It would. It would be marching. Protest. That might be, more, might be more prejudice than racism, but that's, okay. that's, that's a, uh, you, you know, that. uh, <laughs> worse. But, uh, I, yeah, stereotypical, yes, race, uh, uh, prejudice, but, I, I, but, but, but we can be racist, yes, don't get me wrong, yes, we definitely get racist. There's a bunch of black people who, like, I hate white people, so they're definitely racist. Now, you see that a lot more to me in older generations, and probably because stuff they live through and stuff like that, so I can see that, but um, we definitely can be racist, but I, I and, and going back to the previous topic, one thing I, I didn't I missed on was I think part of it is kind of like a togetherness thing, and we look at other cultures kind of like you said, just putting money out there and things that they do, like you like I was talking about before, like you you go to the bodegas, right? And how many and, and the whole family's working there, and then they pass it down to the son, the daughter, and stuff like that, right? And they're all uh, Latino. And you go to the uh, the uh, 
the, the Chinese food store, right? And the whole family's working there. They pass it down, right? From years and years and years and years and whatnot. How many soul food places like that, right? Were they around for 40 years and they done got passed down and stuff like that. And they make sure things keep going. We don't tend to do that a lot of times. So I feel like that's something else that can help us off topic. But then also I feel like that it's a, we want more togetherness and whatnot. But moving forward, man, um, Cardi B stops her daughter culture as she was walking in from hearing her hit song. Wow. <laughs> Stuff like that. So I watched a video on an hour video on this yesterday, which was really, really good. Uh, I forget who the guy's name is. But is she a hypocrite because she puts it out for other people's kids, but turns it off for her own kid? What do you think, Jeff? How old is her daughter? Two. No, man. I mean, come on, man. Like, like we got to stop. We get out of control. I mean, look, if a person chooses to let their two-year-old child listen to that song, that's a parental choice. She makes music from an entertainment perspective. She's not a hypocrite because she turned off for a kid. I don't want my two-year-old daughter hearing curse words either. I mean, that's that's really the essence that I take it from. I mean, it's a totally different aspect where you look at it like, okay, if if a person wants to let their child listen to rap music at this day and age, at that young, that's their choice. You know, so she to doesn't your point, make Jeff, she, she responded. She said, y'all need to stop with this already. Like you just said, uh, <laughs> she on. said, uh, I'm not, I can't even read that. But she said, I don't make music for kids. I make music for adults. adults. Parents are responsible for what their children listen to or see. I'm a very sexual person, but not around my child. Just like every other parent should be. So that's to your point. About exactly. That. I mean, that's come on. We, we're getting... We're starting to, we're trying to make entertainers role models, and we just got to stop. Like, it's got to stop. Okay. Yeah, it's got Josh? to stop. Josh, do you disagree with this? What are your thoughts? I mean, it's definitely up to the parents. It's always been up to the parents. So I think it has to do more with the fact that Cardi does know that children, regardless of whether the parents are responsible or not, because a parent could be responsible, but they can still hear the song another way. So I think the the comments more about okay, but you're aware that other people's children are still listening to your music regardless. Because let's be honest, when a song is like atomic in terms of popularity, everyone wants to hear it. That that's just how society is. That's how the music industry works. That's how it's always, you know, operated. So it doesn't matter if it's if it's a Barney song or a WAP song. If it's a popular song and a, an atomic popular song. It's always going to get the ears of everyone at some point. I mean, I'm sure they didn't stop uh, Al Pacino from doing. I'm sure he didn't. Al Pacino didn't think about not doing Godfather too because he didn't want his kids to think he was a murderer. I mean, I think apples and oranges. But, yeah, that that might right, have so. to be apples and oranges there. I don't Jeff. know. I think it's the same. Like people, this is her. <laughs> this is her character. Like that's her character. That's what she does for her character. That doesn't mean that that's the type of pert mom she is. And by her not letting her child hear it, like, that's good parenting. Actually, give it up to her for that. Honestly, I'm going to stop the hate. <laughs> I uploaded the uploaded video about threesomes, about threesomes. But do you think my daughter subscribed to my channel? No. And then the, uh, the rebuttal to <laughs> Cardi says, so your daughter can't listen to it, but everyone else's daughter can. Oh, okay. Exactly what I've been saying. You have an agenda to push with that trash ass label you're with, which is Atlantic Records. Disgusting. So again, to me, is that 
you're still aware of your effect on society. So again, when it when it comes to the song WAP, obviously I didn't have an issue with it because it is for adults. I know a lot, a lot of ladies like to listen to it because it allows them to embody and tap into their sensuality, sexuality. Sure. To me, it's a means to an end. As a guy, it makes my job easier if they're going to be in that perspective, which is, again, which is cool. But I think the, the uh, I guess the polarity, since it was so polarizing, came from the fact that some dudes were saying like, oh, you know, ladies shouldn't be doing things like this, which, again, I, that depends on the type of lady you like, number one. Number two, as we all know, hip-hop culture has always had songs like this, again, which is fine. Again, I don't have a problem with it from that. It's just that for me, it to me, it sounds like you're overcompensating because w women don't need to talk about stuff like that to get dudes. That's more what yeah. that it's a different way of how you uh, seduce, you know, seduce the other, the opposite sex, because it's different. So the men's path is different than the woman's. So when I hear a woman saying that, then I'm to me, I hear a lot of insecurity for me. I know they're going to say it's like female empowerment. But when I hear songs like that, it's just like, oh, you're overcompensating for something. Right. I mean, so there used to be songs. Uh, there used to be songs about uh, that women me. I think that one song back in the day, it was like Lil Kim, uh, Missy Elliott. I think it was called Ladies Night. It was Angie Martinez. They were basically saying the same thing, but in a more creative tone, you know. And I just think that the musicians now they don't they don't have that creative gene. That's why everything is so raw and uncut. And I think that's, you know, where Cardi B falls. That's her, you know, her character. That's her, her lane. Her, I, I agree. Right. And yeah. to me, like, especially, I mean, Mike, you and I talked about this at length, especially with banks. For the past, what, 10, 10 years, past decade or two decades, the, the let's say the skill set of the artists has severely dropped off. It's all about entertainment. That, that's really all it is. So the same metrics that, you know, rappers were held to, the same uh, standards are completely different. And what people want to hear is completely different. So to, to Cardi's defense, she's really making music for the people who want to to consume it. So I'm more looking at the people who are consuming it as well, in addition to her for putting it out. Um, that's why I still, wait, I still swear around my child. <laughs> <laughs> I may not like her hearing it, but she's going to hear it somewhere else regardless. Shelter. And that's the truth. Our children learn from everywhere, everywhere else. Our, our society learns from everywhere. Yeah, so... It's, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so that's the point, right? I'm happy you said that. that. That's the point, I think, in this whole situation, is that where she's aware, as Josh said, is that, and she's aware because she benefits from this, right? That her song, while, well, if we talked about the songs, so I won't get into that, but her song is everywhere and very easily accessible to kids. So social media-wise, YouTube-wise, uh, any type of app they can go to, it, it's, it's literally everywhere. But it's everywhere because it's 2021, right? So you're... By, by moving your child culture, you're, you're, you're saying, I don't want kids to hear this song. However, you put out a song that you know kids can get to. I don't agree. No, I agree it's a parent's responsibility to raise their kids. However, that kid goes to school, the other kid's got a phone, he's watching the damn WAP video. 
what can they do? But in our day, there was no phone in the lunchroom in elementary school, right? So it's a different time. So because it's more accessible, you need to watch the type of stuff you put out there if you say it's not good for kids because, you know, in this day and age, kids can get to it. Where in our day and age, we couldn't get to it. Exactly. So and whatnot. That's my thought process. And to me, I to me, I feel a certain type of way that you're getting money from a label, which is, as we already talked about, has, uh, let's say, white leadership and you're getting paid to perform like that for our people. And that's what we see. That's the example that you're giving. For me, I have an I have an issue with that as opposed to, you know, the whole the WAP song. That's the whole music industry. I mean, exactly. So it, shoot. Exactly. So that's why me personally, I don't really consume music as I once did like decades ago. For me, I would say 50 percent of the music I listen to are film scores and the other what 20 percent might be people like Jay-Z, J. Cole, vintage Kanye. Right. So something that can make me, you know, think as an intellectual. So I'm not really into the entertainment. I, like me personally, I don't listen to Aubrey. I haven't in years because you can't really tell me anything that I don't already know. And I'm not really his demographic. And, and we'll get to that, too. But, Jeff, I said this when we first <laughs> talked about the song, right? So if you remember, you remember this. They had stuff like BET Uncut, right, which came on at 2 o'clock in the morning, right? And those were uh, adult-type songs or videos. Yeah. There was no way an 8-year-old or 7-year-old could, could ever hear or, or know about these songs because they weren't being played in the daytime and they weren't accessible by your cell phone. So they were at a put in a certain place. Now we got the WAP song where it's everywhere. So for her to move her kids, she's essentially saying kids shouldn't hear this song, but she make a song knowing there's no way a parent can stop keep hearing it. It doesn't make sense to me. It's like it's hypocritical in my eyes. So oh, I guess. Okay. You're entitled yeah, to that. You're entitled to that. That's how I look at it. But I'll wait for the comments on that. But but speaking of Aubrey. Uh, and you just talked to him a little bit. Charlemagne, our guy from um, Crowd 105, Breakfast Club, he says that Drake can't put out any more great albums. And also, speaking of Drake, that J. Cole is not on Drake or Kendrick's uh, level. You have a huh. song, a video about that, right, Josh? I think. Yes, I think they're two different ones. Yeah, two different ones yeah. All right, here we go. So we'll talk about the era. Okay. Charlemagne says we're no longer in the Drake era. I don't know <laughs> if he has another gear, he says. On his uh podcast, Brilliant Idiots. Oh, there it is. Are we still in the Drake era? Are is radio um such 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 a prehistoric form of 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 medium? Is radio such a prehistoric form of media that it hasn't changed the temperature to what's actually going on out here in these streets? We in the little baby era. I really, really still love Drake the same way they still really, really love the Migos. It still feels like we're in a Drake era. I don't think we're in a Drake era. I don't think we've been in a Drake era for the past two, three years. And that's why I was going to ask my guys. Yeah. Let me ask y'all a question. Are we still in the... Mm. Jeff, what do you think about that? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we are, man. I think... Um... 
I don't know, man. I think that dude is is uber talented, man. Just because he can sing, he rap, his metaphors are pretty good. I don't think we're gonna come out of there's there's not like a, a Drake era we're missing, no. No, I think this next album might, you know, pretty be something all right. I mean he floods us with so much content though, man. I mean like he's just constant with it. Uh but his 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 metaphors and uh, you know, his his skills, I don't no, I don't think we're not in that era. I think we're still there. You know, he and if if radio is so prehistoric, normally Drake be like eight out of top ten songs on the radio anyway. Like he dominates the radio when he get on there. Like it doesn't matter when he brings stuff out and some of the stuff be terrible and it still it be hits, you know, to his mass. That's just how it is. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, like he you know, he got a crazy following. I mean, listen, his catalog is unbelievable. I mean, let's really think about it, like he got a lot of hit songs. I think we might be looking at probably the greatest. Okay. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll tell you, bro. Wait, wait, wait. The greatest what? <laughs> I mean, he might be the greatest. He might be the greatest. He might be the. He might be the greatest. He might have the greatest catalog ever. Now, today? At, when it's all over with. So uh, are you saying greatest because of, hold on are you saying greatest because of the way it sells in this generation or actually the quality yeah, of the yeah music? yeah yeah I mean like yeah like production like as far as selling hits number one hits all that's good stuff yeah that's interesting because right. I mean, whenever I hear greatest I I think about the quality right quality I'm thinking about right I mean his quality ain't terrible man I mean is his quality better than a Biggie song or a Jay Z song. Uh, yeah, I think Drake got songs that's better than Biggie's Jones. Yeah, no. a couple of Jones, bro. He be saying some stuff like you must not be hearing what he be saying, bro. Like, Eesh. yeah, Eesh. That, that's cool. He could be the greatest collection, but when he on the track, he make it sound like that. They could write the bars, but he make it sound different. Eesh. I'm trying to tell you, bro. That yo, that dude got some hits, man. He got a long catalog too. I understand the hits part, but I'm saying like, so I, I said last time, right? I was on the show talking about, or maybe one other time. All right, so if, if you put on right now today, Hard Knocks Life, Jay Z, it's going to bump, right? It's almost 25 years old. Is people going to be still singing Kiki, Do You Love Me in 15 years, right? Do his songs have staying power? Yes. You know what I'm saying? No way. I'm try- All right, I'm trying to tell you, man. I'm trying to tell you. Nah. Pete, yo, Drake Think got hits, song, bro. I'm talking about. I, I didn't say, bro. Yo, and I'm talking like almost like hits. a lot of his songs be hits. Like, yo, that, like you, you be listening, like, wow. I was okay. just listening. Like, I told you yeah, the other day. I was listening to that song. Once you get to be, let's say, if you were 25 listening to Drake, if you're 45, if that song will still hit you the same, right? Because of the content. Like, like if somebody who's 45 now heard a Jay Z or Biggie. Or Nas song. I'm trying like to tell that. you, man, his content is still going. Yo, him and Chris Brown might. Yo, I, I actually had a thought. I was talking to my man, yo. Chris Brown might be a better than Michael Jackson. Come on, Jeff. <laughs> yo, Chris okay. Brown might be better than Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson, bro. Bro, Thriller sold 25 million copies by itself. Yo, Are that's you one album. Jeff, what other albums? That, like, yo, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying, like Chris, yo, I, uh, got some smoke, man. I'm a shell shock. Don't underestimate these young dudes, man. Drake got bro. some smoke. I don't care who write for him. The way he's saying and his cadence over top of those tracks, 
it's magic every time he get on a beat, bro. He jack other cat swag and make it his swag forever. Off the wall might be better than Thriller, and that was freaking that's like 15 million copies. Like, you understand, Michael, give me the next album, then after that, bad. They also made the copy, though. Yo, that's because the the selling aspect of it. I'm talking about the quality. If you want to go into quality of music, Chris Brown is crazy. <laughs> Chris Brown is crazy. I, you uh, pull that if you want. Chris Brown is crazy, yo. Never been better than Michael Jackson. I, I don't know, man. So is uh Chris Brown also better than Prince? Out of curiosity. Yeah, I think Prince. He got Prince. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. People get wrapped up in Mike for them one, two albums, but yo, Chris Brown. I mean, listen, name a third, name his third best album besides Off the Wall and Thriller. That was terrible. Oh my god, bro, bro, that was terrible. I don't think Michael made a bad album. Have you have you listened to Bad? Yeah, hits in every decade. Have you listened to Bad? Yes, Jeff, I listen to that. Yo, go listen to it again yeah. tonight. You're going to be like, hey, hey, all right, all right. Michael Jackson, bro. You know Michael's still the only person this day who just go out there on the stage. Just yo, sales is different and everything. Yo, Chris Brown. Yo, Chris Brown. Chris Brown. I, I don't know, man. He, he went on the stage and could stand there for an hour, and the crowd just cheered and cried. Listen, bro. Listen, bro. Michael was different, bro. Bro, <laughs> man. Bro, man. Uh, Chris Brown. Jackson Chris, 5, you forget about that, bro. Chris Brown. Listen, bro. Chris Brown, man. I don't know, man. You you really coming. You disrespecting Brown, Brown. I'm not. I ain't putting Chris Brown above uh, uh, Usher. <laughs> Yo. What? Chris Brown, Chris Brown smacking Usher. Are you crazy? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Jackson killing me, bro. What's that, bro? Yo, bro. Yo, you right. bugging, bro. Chris Brown might be, better, might be the best ever. So, so, uh, so now, now I'm insanely curious. So, when you say the best ever for, let's say, specifically Chris Brown and Michael Jackson, what makes Chris Brown significantly better than Mike Jackson? His lyrics. So, you talk about like privacy? If, if you don't think privacy was hard, then I, that says a lot. Well, what about uh, Michael Jackson's privacy? Was that a good song as well? Well, what, I mean, listen, don't, and again, don't get it twisted. Michael Jackson got classic albums, right? But really, how many can you name? Like, if, outside, you can't name more than three. And if, and if you're going to name Bad as that third one, and this is purely my opinion. So if you're going to name Bad as that third one, I think you need to re-listen to it because it was just all right. It really wasn't that crazy. That's my favorite one, personally. Wow! Right, I don't know what we're just talking about. Wow, <laughs> you like bad over off the? Oh man, oh man. I mean, that's it came out when I was when I was growing up, so it was literally the first Michael Jackson album I heard because of my age. So <laughs> even when you went back and listened, you ain't think that you thought you thought it was still the bad. I mean, the with, best one with the features with Stevie Wonder that bad, right? Man, I'm just yes or no. Oh, I already, I already said heard all the other ones. I already said all the Michael Jackson's yeah. albums. I already said yes. Okay, all right. Jeff, okay. you you on the island right now? I mean, that's cool, man. Like, if you knew, if you knew, you know. Like, I'm just trying to tell you, Chris Brown be having some joint, man. So, but okay. you were just saying Drake forever, sweetheart. Like, you can't say, <laughs> like. Uh, all right. So, in terms of. Dancing, do you think Mike is better or Chris Brown? 
I think Chris Brown is way he he's more flexible. Like I mean, he he has way more. Uh, wow, you know okay. what I'm saying? Like he's he's just better than Mike as far as dancing. Uh, I, I actually think Chris Brown does more choreography, but I think that uh, that Mike kind of set the bar for him on the dancing part. Right, and then but Usher took it to another the, level, and then you know Chris Brown went to Usher that level. Usher took dancing to oh, oh Usher before Chris Brown, right? Yeah, okay. But 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 as far as like singing albums, songs, entertainment, Chris Brown would never ever 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 nobody would ever be Michael Jackson. It's not just. So are we saying because of the sales or the lyrics? Both. Both the song. I think what Miguel is talking to is specifically the pandemonium. Correct. Like the hype surrounding. Michael Jackson. Right. I feel I feel you what he's saying when he said the whole stand on the hour thing. Um yeah. stand on the stage for an hour. But I, I mean, I don't know. I just think Chris Brown like he does produce off the wall and thriller and bad. Like Chris Brown had a type of production like And to me, they're they're different artists as well. They make you know, different music. I don't know, man. To me they make different music. So right. to me it's uh inappropriate to compare them. But in terms Why? of Because Chris Brown is more provocative? No, in terms of the type of music as far as like the beat well again if mike is deemed the king of pop surely uh-huh. chris brown would be the king of r&b or whatever whatever genre you want to put him in but it ain't pop okay to, to me is is apples and oranges for me but in terms okay. of in terms of the cuz you said the greatest ever so in terms of the greatest ever pantheon you, you ain't getting past prince or mike respectfully okay i actually think That's that your mike had more, i actually think that mike had more more range as far as not, not not vocal range, but things he could do. Listen to Dirty Diana, different than Thriller, which is different than which is different than um, uh, You Were Not Alone. Like that, like Chris Brown makes the songs in the same type of box. I don't Mike think he does. Like, I don't agree with you with that. I don't agree with you with that. Chris I, Brown makes I, songs on all levels of that box, like trap joints. He serenades you. He does slow songs. He do rap. Like Chris Brown do a lot. Don't. That's what I'm saying. Like he do a lot, man. I know. I know. Right now, in the in the presence, right now, you're thinking like, nah, no way, no way. But if you just got a chance to just go back, and Chris Brown got a lot, and and and, and listen, people say he don't write his own lyrics. What about the songs Chris Brown write for people? Like it's crazy. But I crazy. But again, I guess at our at all of our advanced ages, respectfully, right? We've seen <laughs> you know Chris Brown at least what almost two decades now and then we've already already had mike 15 years so it to me there it's a to me it's a, a it's an adequate sample size okay i mean i, I think man I, I just think that you know we go back to this and i'm gonna let this go but you go back to mike in the 70s with jackson five off the wall came out like 78 then you go to his uh his thriller then in the 90s he was still popping like the guy was did it for so long it has so many sales. I just don't think that uh <laughs> Jeff, that's for you, Jeff. <laughs> no. uh, t- look, you already you see my, if you see the top of the head, you know what I'm doing. Like <laughs> you already know. Why he doing I'm asking you the question for the topic, Josh. And I, I, I don't think I um I think Charlemagne always had an axe to grind with, with Drake. He never really mm. liked him. Drake has fun fact, Drake has never done the Breakfast Club and it's 10 year inception, right? Because Charlemagne always kind of had to think about him. And I think Drake didn't want to give him that energy. Mm. Um, I think Charlemagne's wrong. I think more to Chloe's point. 
I think with this generation and the way um, that Drake just kind of found the formula, including the Ghost Riders, the and including the, the production <laughs> that he has. No, I'm serious, though. That he'll keep making hit after hit after hit after hit for the generation and stuff like that. And he'll keep having sales. I think he can possibly go on as long as he wants to. However, for me personally, I don't think the quality is as good as we used to hear. But I don't think that he's fallen off for him anyway. So, oh, yeah. I definitely think over. we're going to have uh, the Drake era for at least another decade. Because to me, his his demographics are sound, right? Because essentially his demographics, for the most part, and we're, I'm only talking about in terms of consumerisms. And if we think about the most prolific consumers in history, and all due respect, which are women, those are right. his base, right? So you have essentially emotional women who are attracted to toxic emotional situations. And from what we hear from women on Kevin Samuels on a weekly basis, Drake has at least 10 to 15 more years. Yeah, I, I think that's just a personal thing with Charlamagne. I think he hopes Drake is done, but um, I, I don't think he's. Yeah, he's got the he, like. He got the to me. He got the formula. You know exactly what to do, when to put it out, how to put it out, and what type of sound he needs to put out. And then, and then if you add a little dance to it or something like that, yeah, even bigger. So I mean, Hove had that same formula too. He used to come out the same time every year because he knew his sales would ship that time. And, and it worked for those type of people. But, again, Drake Drake do stuff you think he would just be in the studio playing around with. And then you'd be like, yo, that's that's a hit? Like, wow, that's really a hit? Like, and I just think that he got a lot, of, you know, I think there's more in the tank for him. And you, like you said, Mike, I think Charlamagne always did have an ex-grunt. Even when I think uh, they he came out with the little uh, Tootsie Slide thing. Mm-hmm. And Charlamagne was upset because he was like, I didn't think Drake would go with another, like, dancey song like this and X, Y, and Z. You know, and in reality, he was kind of saying some ill stuff in the song. Like, he wasn't talking about Tootsie Slide. He was talking about pulling the drive-by in the song. So, I mean... I mean, again, all that is fair. I just think that today's generation, which is the microwave generation, the instant gratification, the bar is so low, which is why, me personally, I can't put them in the great atmosphere because of the bar being low. Because people just essentially want to be entertained because they're bored at the end of the day. And that's who he's really making music for because that's who's buying his stuff. That's who's consuming stuff for the most part. That's how he gets his money. He's getting paid based yeah. upon his value in terms of keeping people occupied in the terms of their attention, not because of the quality of his music. And that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know? I feel you entitled to that. And yeah. then he, uh, you also and said, I, he I, said something I about J. Cole, that. right? Yeah, but let me, let me finish real quick. But and I, and I think to Josh's point about that, I always look at um, like consumerism, and because people are bored. But how can they consume the albums? It's so easy to, to get your iPhone and download the Drake album Apple Store or the Drake song or whatnot. Um, back in the day, when the other rappers were out, they had to make sure it was super quality because people had to go get the stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. I used to get two buses to get the new album after school by myself. Just <laughs> buses back, just to go get one album. Or whatever like that. I don't know if I would do that for a drink. You know what I'm saying? Because that's why I feel like it, it, it's just But yeah, go ahead about J. Cole, uh, Josh. What do you say? I mean, he could be on their level. I mean, uh... I would say in terms of pop culture, I would have to agree. that. I mean, that's fair, but J. Cole isn't a pop culture artist. He's Not at all. 
that's not his that's not his wave and he's also an Aquarian so I understand where he's coming from he's not trying to fit in he's being him he's mastering his craft illustrating the most authentic version of himself and he's cool where he is I think you know it's funny J. Cole has millions of dollars and he barely dresses you know what I mean you'll see him in a t-shirt and some holy sweatpants like all the time right like you, you would never know and stuff like that I think this like Josh said he's just comfortable being him and he doesn't ever want to I won't say want to but he doesn't care if he crosses over on the pop side and whatnot you know what I mean? He has a very like, like like he's known for having no features on his albums and whatnot. If he wanted more sales and more of a popier side, he would get more features from Drake or from whoever mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But that's not what Cole does. Go ahead, you can play it, Josh. It's on there. Oh, all right. You know what I mean? Cole got Cole. Yeah. Cole got rings, but he, I, I mean I don't nah, put Cole, Cole one of the greatest. Level. He's one of he the is. greatest. I don't put him on the level of Drake and Kendrick. I don't even put Drake on the level of Kendrick, but wait, 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 wait. you don't put you don't put Cole on it. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. you don't put no. Cole on the level of uh, Drake and Kendrick. Why not? Not not skill like wise. Him. Not skill wise. Like his music, not you have to listen. Skill wise, Cole's dope. Nah, Cole could rap. Cole could rap. Cole is amazing. I just think like, listen, and I'm not saying anything. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a Hall of Fame All Star. All I'm simply saying is it's a difference between what a Kendrick does and what everybody else does to me but guess what some people may say that about drake some people might put drake the way i hold kendrick and say everybody else is after him but my point was saying that is those two guys you would have to put drake and kendrick and like the greatest of all time combo right absolutely you know what i'm saying so when you play in that era when you came out in that class with with goats of that caliber and even even cole you know what i mean cole got cole yeah Cole got rings, but he, I, I mean, I don't nah, put Cole, Cole one of the level. greatest. He's one of he the is. greatest. I don't put him on the level of Drake. So, so do y'all give any, um, so individually, each one after each other, uh, what's your level of respect for Charlemagne's opinion in general, not on this topic, but how do you, how do you weight his, his opinion? Hmm. Well, I'm gonna let Mike talk about this one and uh, Banks if yeah. he was here because I I really don't watch the Breakfast Club unless you yeah. know like Jay Z I mean, is on there or something Club. like that or you know Rick Ross or like Gary V like someone and, that and, I'm actually and, int- intrigued by. At, at one time, like several years ago, it was you know one of my favorite things to watch, but I, I kind of got off of it. I don't really respect his opinion um, musically at all. And a lot of it because I think that he does hold personal bias and he lets that influence his thoughts. So okay. with Drake, as he just said, he don't even put Kendrick on Drake's level. I mean, he don't even put Drake on Kendrick's level and stuff like that. He does the same thing with Nicki Minaj. Like, you know, he always puts other people above her. Nicki got bars. Like, he, like I mean, like, also real stuff or whatever. Um, he, uh... You know, I remember he said he don't think uh, Mace was one of the top five rappers in Bad Boy. And he put, like, <laughs> Black Rob. And other people. I was like, what are you talking about? But he holds these biases, I feel like, that make me not respect it, not respect it. He can't, he can't, he likes Skip Bayless, right? He can't, mm-hmm. he can't uh, uh, separate uh, or, or, or compartmentalize his uh, personal vendettas versus just rating the music and whatnot. So I can't really respect his opinion on that. Okay. I'm just asking. I don't respect it either. No. I mean, I just, I just haven't in a while. I'm just like, dude, you, you really a radio personality now, like, yeah, you know, he changed. Not, yeah, he evolved, yeah, he changed into something totally different, morphed, 
like than yeah. what he used to be. But I mean, I don't think J Cole is on Drake's level. I mean, to be honest, I mean, and I understand. I know exactly what you mean as far as looking for sales. He's not that type of person. He isn't looking for gratification from the the fake world. You know what I'm saying? But I just don't know. I don't. I don't know. How many albums has he bought out? Uh, probably like six for like six. Five. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, and he does his like in good spaces. Now, granted, he makes classic albums. Don't don't yeah. get me twisted. I just don't think he's on Drake's level. But for Drake, man, and I know we talked about him for a minute, but I think almost like y'all said about Michael and Chris, you almost got to separate Drake from a rapper because sometimes half his album is, is, is singing and whatnot. I mean, so, but he be when he rap, he rap. <laughs> but it's when he rap, right? Like he'll have the whole song with two bars or whatever like that. You know what I'm saying? So you almost got to separate him from. He's almost just like an entertainer to me than a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Where like like he ain't like I said, Jay Z, Biggie too, but they were just rapping. It was just spitting mm-hmm. straight bars. Wasn't no singing involved. Uh, and and I feel like you almost got to put him in his own category. He's one of the greatest entertainers ever. But like, can he go bar for bar with Eminem or you know what I mean or, or Jay Z or even J Cole? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? So I gotta I gotta, I gotta look at it like that and whatnot. So, but moving on forward, man. Um, my next topic I was talking about power. I don't know if any of you guys watched it. Book two. Did y'all watch it? Why not? Yeah. Oh, Jeff, perfect. Well, I know Josh. Yeah, 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 so I'm gonna take a, uh, a a I'm gonna refill my water bottle and take a bathroom break. I'll be right back. All right, cool. <laughs> Power book two ghosts. Um, season review. The season's over. with the finale happened? Just want to kind of put a small review out there because it came back. What, what were your thoughts on the season when you watched it? It's better than I thought it was. I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be terrible. Honestly, I was like, how do they do a spinoff on Tariq? Like, and he was so annoying and, and go empowered, like, yo, a whole spinoff of this guy doing his nutty stuff, but it's actually good. I like the characters they bought in. Uh, I really like the Mary J. Rod, Mary J. Blige role. I like the role they got her in. I think it fit her really well with her personality. Um, you know, Method Man, you know, he's funny. Uh, he's good as far as, you know, on the acting live, but I like the screenwriting. I like it. It's really good. And it's actually kind of pattern, kind of just like, you know his father honestly like got all the multiple love interests in the game in the mix trying to do this trying to do that so i like it i'm, I'm real impressed i'm real impressed i thought it was gonna be terrible uh we thought about the finale uh it was interesting it was a lot of plot twists it left a lot open i think that was like the mid-season finale wasn't it no no it's over it's over till next year over till- wow over till next year wow i mean <laughs> them bringing time back they know how to they, they keep in the audience for sure they yeah. definitely keep an audience. Yeah, I bring. I, I agree. It was good though. I thought it was a good show too. Chloe, if you watching, man, y'all need to watch that instead of uh, instead of some other stuff. You know, what I mean, get Josh to watch Power. But I <laughs> thought it was really, really. Um, I thought it was really, really good. I was surprised too. Like you said, if they took like the most hated character, Tariq gave him a show, and somehow by the end of that season, you like kind of like you know what I mean. I like you rooting for him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Room, yeah. Like, I, like how they did that over time is kind of dope or whatever. I feel like, and um, I'll, I still don't think Mary J is a good actress. I, I just don't, but um, I do uh, feel like this this part was for her. I'm, I'm yeah. like she playing like she was playing like a a a, a hyperactive version of herself. She's a hood chick. I'm saying, just doing her thing or whatever. I think the whole family aspect is dope. Um, yeah. 
uh, the, I think the plot that they, that they put out there, you know, was perfect. And I think it's a good continuation. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. I feel like, and, 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 and to me, anything black cinema wise, you know what I mean? I always want to see it going because when you have black cinema, you get black people talking about it. Like me and you yeah. right now, several other channels and reviews that, 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 that do reviews on it and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I like that keeps conversations going. Um, and shout out to Courtney Kemp who writes and does the show. I think she's, she, I think she's amazing. And yeah. then they're going to keep it going with, with the whole book three and the Raising Canaan yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But, then they're going to, I think they're going to have a Tommy version. Tommy and I'm like, version. wow, it, it's, it's going to be yeah. nice, man. I mean, to see what they do with it. Um, it's a lot of characters that went away that we didn't see. And I'm like, dang, I can't, I wonder when they're going to come back, you know, and, uh, see what happens to them. You know, now you see two bit is back. He had been going for a couple episodes towards the end of Power, and they threw him back in the mix, and uh, I like the way it's going. Um, I, it's Like I said, it's about 10 characters. I wondered, like, dang, where are they? What happened to these guys? What happened to Vincent and them? You know, stuff like that. So I guess we'll yeah, see them yeah, coming up right. later. What happens to the little yeah. girl who recorded, you know what I'm saying? Proctor's oh, daughter. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> where yeah, is everybody? Right. You know, where are these people? What's going on? Yeah. And then if you look at it, man, like, you know, like you said, you got book three, you got Tommy show, the BMF show still happening, all on mm-hmm. stars. It's like, it's like, you know, between 50 and Courtney Kemp, they're like running stars right now. So yeah. I love that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like that's a huge network that they got like the, the, their shows, the biggest ratings and the biggest deals. So yeah, I kind of just love seeing that black excellence on display. You know what I mean? And the fact that they were able to take that show and keep it going. But um Did y'all talk about the agenda? Oh, yeah, no. What did you think about the I I missed that, but I can just about it. What do you think about the gay characters they, they put in the show? Oh man, fifties genius, man. Fifties genius. Cause he know doing that is gonna bring that population to his show. Like the word is gonna spread. Those, you know, people who are in the, the you know, the gay community, they're gonna now they have some characters to relate to on the show. Bring more eyes to it. Ratings go up. He's genius for that, man. I know some of our heterosexual counterparts might not feel the same way about it because, you know, some of them may not have such an open mind. But for 50, like I said, to include not only one, but the thing where he hit him was the gay basketball player. Like, hold up. That touched a whole different realm that people don't talk about. Like, you know what I'm saying? Homosexual athletes and superstars and stuff like that that are hiding and keeping it low key. You heard the guy say, oh, because the Spurs won't come signing or, you know, inviting me to training camp if they know he's gay. Like, that happens in real life. Like, that really does. I mean, and I think that he's genius for even adding that, you know, that plot twist to it. Um, I mean, then you got the gay son who will kill her. Like, it's just crazy. It's like he got him in unsuspected roles, but at the same time, he got him in roles that I know exist and other people should know exist as well. That's true. I mean, think about it. There's There's been a little over 5,000 players playing the NBA ever. Like, can't tell me none of them were gay. Or, can't tell me you know, none of them. Or, or, you know, or, or, or a few of them were, were gay, but, you know, they come out the closet. So that's interesting. I guess, Josh, do you see it more as just a – a way to get more viewership and get more money or do you think there's actually an agenda in place when it comes to stuff like that well it's both the agenda is to get more money (laughs) okay that's it Uh, okay well it makes it makes a lot of good if you see it though it is on on almost every show on tv now 
you know what I mean? They they add that kind of twist, whether it's, you know, two women, two men, or somewhere in between to kind of increase the viewership, uh, you know. In that, well, in of way. course, they have the most disposable income because they don't have children. So that's where the money is. You know, a lot of the disposable income, you know, heterosexual men and women who have families create children, have more bills, less disposable income. Um, and, and even there was some... Uh, pushback before and i think this was about a couple of years back i don't have the exact time where cadillac they had a gay driving guy and it was reported that they were aiming in that direction because they wanted to you know produce or basically give themselves to the gay population because they have that disposable income because they don't have children and they travel often and they have luxurious tastes so yeah i mean it's an agenda to get money for sure Interesting. All right. Well, uh, moving forward, let's uh, segue that to uh, dating and relationships, our last section of the show. And this was something that was in our one of our chats that we that we have several of. But it was about the term strong black one. This is uh, four slides. Uh, I think it is. Um, I guess, Josh, you want to read it? Or? Sure. Right. And I think it's Shadia Knight. He says, are you familiar with the terms strong white woman or strong Asian woman or strong Arab woman? Probably not. Yet everyone knows about the strong black woman. Why is that? Because women in other cultures don't advertise strength because that's a masculine trait. Black women embrace this pseudo strength and wear it like a badge of honor. The problem is women who advertise strength and independence don't attract the protector and provider type of men they say they want. If they do get with this protector provider type of men, the relationship eventually fails due to power struggles. The type of strength black women tend to exhibit today is unnatural. They believe that strength equals masculinity and they've adopted masculine traits. A man needs to come home to a woman's softness, a balance. A woman's strength is different than a man's strength. A woman's softness is her strength. Men won't commit or give their all to a woman they compete with, but a woman they collaborate with, a partner, not a rival. Hmm. Bars on bars on bars. Mm -hmm. Four slides full. Mm. Yeah. Thoughts? Uh... Uh, I'm not going to say I agree. I'm not going to say I disagree. I'm actually, I'm, I'm Nancy, neutral Nancy right now on this. <laughs> and, and this is why I'll say this. I mean, you know, the term strong black woman, yeah, I think it's, it's come about uh, because in the search for equality, you know, African-American women have the double minority stamp. Not only are you black, but you're also a black woman, too. So and I think that the respect level that they don't they get sometimes is jaded because of that. Um, I am I'm, I'm for a strong black woman. But in certain instances, you don't need to be she man. You don't need to be Wonder Woman all the time. Like like this post said. Uh, the man should be protector and provider. But there are instances where you do want your significant woman to be strong, to be able to lead the pack. But you're not asking her to go out and hunt for the dinner. You know, now maybe disciplining the children, she needs to be strong because obviously women are nurturing. So they got to counteract that nurturing capability or characteristic by being strong because they got to discipline the children. But 
again, there are some instances I do want her to be strong. I'm not a type of person who's intimidated by a strong woman, but like the post said as well, I don't want to be going through a battle with a woman in a relationship because she wanted to be wearing the pants, and that's really my job. Um, she's going to lose in that facet anyway because of the type of person that I am. Um, the strong black woman term, yeah, we don't hear it with strong white woman. We don't hear it with strong Asian woman, and yes, and that's because they don't portray that, but I don't think it's anything wrong with it. Think anything wrong with it at all? So, Josh, you as a well-traveled person, I guess you haven't heard this term <laughs> in other cultures. Uh, so, and uh, you know, why do you think that is? So. Well, I think it has to do with understanding what I, what it actually takes to raise a nuclear family, if that is your desire. Because I think this term really comes from the fact that our community specifically has a lot of strong black women because they're single mothers. But at the same time, to Kevin Samuel's point and other, you know, content creators in the manosphere, a lot of that, a lot of those masculine traits they got from their mothers who were also single mothers. Right. But at the same time, you have elements and agendas like feminism that are perpetuating this type of mindset that is actually causing a, a, a divide in our community. So it's keeping women single which is what this gentleman is alluding to and is what Kevin Samuels alluding to when he says Maribel and, you know, Kim, they ain't doing this. And there's a reason for that, because if you do want to have a provider mate and a masculine man or alpha male, whatever you want to call it, whatever fits your fancy in that realm, then that's never going to fly. As Jeff said, I mean, you could try, but you'll ultimately fail. So really you're just fighting against yourself which I feel like a lot of black women can identify with. They feel like they're fighting themselves. So they're just used to fighting everyone, including us, sometimes their children. And especially if they have a son and you have all these masculine traits. So you're essentially a woman trying to raise a boy to be a man, which is, again, never going to work. I agree with that for sure. I, I, um, I, I think, well, of course I agree. I never heard the term in other cultures at all you know, Arab women or whatever, white, white Latino. I, I never heard that. And I never even thought about it for some reason. I thought it was one of those things that our culture uses um, a lot. But um, I, I think that um, it has to be defined almost. I feel like I feel like people have different different definitions of strong black women. So he might think about it as, not, as masculine qualities or wanting to be the leader of the household or be in control where another person might think, nah, I just want a woman who I know have my back and take care of the household if I'm out of, if I'm out or unable or sick or something like that. So it depends on what you define as strong black woman. I guess there are some women, you know, to my second definition, who they feel like if the man somehow gets sick or breaks his leg or for some reason he can't provide, they're not strong enough to hold it down while he heals. So they wouldn't be considered a strong black woman where some black women are, uh, a lot of black women are able to. So I feel like that comes from it. I think um, sometimes it can be thought of as masculine qualities. And that also depends on the woman that you're with. But to flip it, that also depends on the man that she's with, right? So the stronger the man, then no matter how strong the woman is, if he's strong, he'll always be stronger than her, right? So okay. to Jeff's point, she can try, but she'll never succeed in taking the full range because he's always stronger. If she's with a 
quote-unquote weaker individually, that strength, that inner strength that she has will ultimately uh, dominate and it makes her look even stronger to the outside world. But that's more because the guy was weaker. Yeah. Not because she's just this, you know, overpowering woman. So I think there's a lot of different layers to it. You know what I mean? Uh, overall. Absolutely. And I sometimes I think that dominance over men, whether they're weaker or not, is ultimately in the form of disrespect and tolerating that disrespect consciously over and over. And this is what the outside world sees. So I think to to when you travel, that's that's the type of things that they're accustomed to seeing, obviously because of entertainment. Right. So it's, there's that element as well. But when they do come to the States and they observe it for themselves, even in a small snapshot, even though they go to New York or Philly or Miami, L.A., whatever, they're still going to see it. So when you travel and you see things, you sometimes, depending on your perspective, you might think, oh, I saw this here. This is uh, this is confirming what I have been shown before, even though that's not the case. But a majority of the time it can be, especially in these instances here. But again, that doesn't apply for all black women, which is fantastic. However, I think the black community would benefit more from having less, uh, let's say, domineering in that terms of strong black women, as opposed to just being a strong minded person who can persevere when there's rough times. I don't think anyone has a problem with that. I mean, that's part of our strengths as black people. So I think it has to do more with the actual masculine traits when it comes to dating. Well, I think you hit it on the head, too. I think a lot of it is because of, you know, the generations of of um, of, of, of repeating itself. Right. The single mom raised a single kid who becomes a single mom and then once and over and over again. And then those traits continue until the fourth generation where this woman is now dating this guy and she's got all the strength from the single mothers before her. Right. So now she's just a, a little bit, uh, you know, she should have been through a lot, seen a lot and, and feel like I gotta be strong. And maybe she's feeling like, and, and, and subconsciously my mother, I mean, my grandfather left, my dad left. I don't know if you're going to be around. So I gotta be strong with what I, what I, what I, right. Can. And to me, I think there's a reason why they left. Because no one's okay. no one's dealing with that, and again, the the women who have these type of traits aren't taking accountability for that. But they're still always going to blame, not always, but most of the time they're going to blame the dad, and then the child will grow up hating the dad yeah. based upon what the mother said. Who's emotional? Who's illogical? Right? Who's in her feels? She's going to talk about things from one perspective, and it's not until you get older and wiser and more mature emotionally yourself as that child that you actually hear your dad's side of the story, you can actually perceive how your mom actually is as an adult, like as a as a third party, and you can be like, wow, that's how things happen. By, but by then it's too late. Damage has already been done. Time is gone, yeah. wasted. I mean, but is it really, I guess is it really cultural or is it people who have a problem? Not people, but women. I know we don't hear the term, but are there other women who still act though in a strong manner they just don't have that term in those cultures that's a question mm. i'm not sure yeah like, we're always quick to label people with stuff you know and that's right. that's always a bad thing not right. always a bad are, thing are, are, are there are, are there quote-unquote strong latina women who they don't say the term but we don't know what goes on in their household and stuff like that oh i would say absolutely there I, again to me it's, it's a mentality and a perspective to be strong and persevere and things like that but in terms of 
uh, let's say dating wise and courtship and things like that, I think it has to do with knowing your role in terms of dating, right? So in those cultures, the man is always going to be the leader. Reg- yeah, and let's not yeah. let's not have let our audience get confused and think that we are uh, against strong women, but you know, oh, definitely, not. definitely yeah. not. Like, but again, like Jaws, like you said in the beginning, that nurturing and that that softness responsibility is delegated to the woman because that's her strength. And I hate to say delegated and strength at the same context, but that's a woman's strength to be soft and loving and nurturing that's what and 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 who just say that a woman being that way is bad for a man it doesn't soften us it just gives us in my opinion it just gives that reassurance of yes that person is backing me from the softness or not backing me from softness but providing that softness and nurturing because i have to be so hard out here in this crazy world so you kind of got to get that softness that that you know that touch that loving care that tlc to combat everything we as African-American men for sure go through out in society. So, and that's funny you said that because let you know, one of my best friends, his mom cooked clean Spanish, cuss everybody out, cook all the food. She was identified as, she was the first non-African-American woman I would identify as a strong Latino woman. And it wasn't because she was out there trying to fight the, you know, like the neighborhood watch or nothing like that, but it's because she took care of her house so well that that displayed a strength to us like wow she holding down the fort so everybody come home and cooking dinner make sure homework stuff that was strong to me but again nobody labeled it that back then it was just doing what you were supposed to do and that's what i think is the problem now like we look for those labels and they want to add terms to everything when being a single mom if that if that's how your cards are dealt just be a single mom like that's you just got to do what you got to do like you shouldn't look for an award to say hey i'm a strong woman to do it and and just like men like we had to do what we had to do we're not out here looking for a pat on the back to say oh yeah you displayed strong leadership characteristics no we just did what we had to do and that's what it is yeah i mean all great points. I mean, I, I, I still think, and I wanted to spread for my, my thing, that it got a lot to do with the guy that she's dating. I think you'll find a woman who acts different ways, with who, who will be the same woman, who you'll see more feminine with one guy and more, I won't say masculine, but a little harder with the other guy. And I mm-hmm. think, Josh, you did say one thing, is what that person will allow. And I yeah. think that if that guy is willing to let her walk all over him and be this way, then she's going to definitely do it. So I think we got to make sure before we label them and ask for certain things, make sure that we're strong in our spot. Absolutely. And that softness is certainly needed in terms of nurturing, as Jeff said, especially for the children, especially for the son, right? Like how many single mothers have sons? So sometimes in instances, the sons don't get that softness. They just get the hardness from their mother and they're used to that combative nature. So when they go out into the world and cultivate their own relationships, they're only used to one form of love. And this is another reason why we have issues in our community in terms of dating. Yeah, but look what you said though, how many single mothers have sons? So if they're a single mother, how, how they might be working several jobs. They might deal with a crazy boss. They're, they're harder because their life is harder sometimes. Whatnot. So that goes all the way back to you with the nuclear household, right? So it comes mm-hmm. like full circle, you know, in, in that way. Shout out to the dads doing something. Shout exactly. 
because uh, shout out because <laughs> unfortunately that's not always going to be the case that they're a deadbeat that's just what the mom says yeah i agree with that 100 percent. yeah 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 and moving on forward man uh we had a do you have the video josh no oh not, yep last topic okay last topic here <laughs> Hell no. But if you nine to five at yeah, JP Morgan or something, hell yeah, because nah, I know that G. Friday check about to have multiple nah, zeros. Fuck that little bank shit. Shit, that's a fraud nigga. I might as well get a fraud nigga. Fuck. I don't know. You work in the bank too, shit, technically. Like, I don't no. know. So hold on, so if a nigga work at the bank? No, I don't want you. I'm so kidding. let's say this nigga work at the bank making five hundred thousand a year. You don't want that nigga? You can give me a banker. Fuck? Give me a banker, a doctor, Are you a lawyer. Nap, you doing that shit? A specialist, not a pediatrician. A specialist. If you doing that shit surgeon. to cover up some shit, like let's say the nigga that work in the bank <laughs> sell fucking drugs, like I'm with it. Period. What the Girl, fuck is you? You on the you on the movie? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> hey, sit down. <laughs> uh, like if her cup. Was I love cool. how he, I love how he walked off though. He should have. And smacked her yeah. cup on the ground like, man, you don't even need no more of that, man. But that's uh, that's not a singular mindset. There's a lot of women who think like that. Like they want the, no matter what the guy's doing, they need the guy who's doing other activities to make them, I guess, uh, give them that energy or whatever. What, what do you think about that, Josh? Mm. Oh, Je- I'm like, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff, I'm, I'm Josh, I get to you. He was like, not me. Not, not right. <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, you know, that could relate to our last topic, single mm-hmm. parenting. You know what I'm saying? That could be children of a single mom who was out there working two or three jobs, leaving the kids at home. And now that's what that's the byproduct of that, you know. But I mean, listen, man, some chicks want that thrill, man. The thrill of the excitement of doing what you're not supposed to do. I mean, I know I like the spontaneous thrill, but not when it comes to stuff like that, you know. And her her standards are so low, like you know, I don't I don't think I it's very few uh, street pharmaceutical salesmen that I know that are married. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they ain't really looking for a wife. You you know what I'm saying? They like looking for something else along the lines of fun stuff but that's bad that's where our culture is that's where the music has led us the tv has led us the news has led us the people have led us that's just where we are where we have no little to no value of ourself we have little to no value of uh evolution we have little to no value of you know changing anything of that magnitude like we're just at that point. And at least the one homegirl was like, yo, if you're a banker and you at J.P. Morgan, like when she said J.P. Morgan, I was like, oh, at least you know what that is. Because right, I, right. I wouldn't have thought she would have knew what J.P. Morgan was. <laughs> you know, um, and it's sad. You know, I mean, they all dialed up. The one girl had, it, it's just sad, man. You know, it's fake. Everything's fake. Nothing's real. Is love even real? It's another topic. But Josh, what you think, bro? You are so dumb. You are really dumb, for real. Like, really? <laughs> I, for me, I feel like that was Cap, personally, because I think she's trying to, you know, uphold this certain persona of being, you know, in that in that lifestyle, in that space, which is cool. But as Jeff said, eventually it does get old, right? Eventually, either gangsters move on or they end up in jail or they die. And again, right. that and it doesn't necessarily mean that money's going to you either. But 
if they work for JP Morgan and you guys get married, that money does go to you. Yeah, I, I think it's a go ahead, Josh. I mean, go ahead, Josh. No, 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 go ahead. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I think it's a young mindset. She looks young herself and whatnot. And I can see when you're young wanting that thrill, I guess. But, you know, and that goes back to all of our conversations today, right? About our thought process and our culture. Uh, the yeah. single mom, how she was raised, how she was taught. You know what I'm saying? Somebody, you know, didn't teach her to say, no, no, go for the guy who's working in the bank because he can provide you longevity. He can provide you uh, more security than the drug dealer who might get shot down tomorrow or wind up in jail the next day. And stuff so it goes all the way back um i think that uh you know you can put yourself in there's so many different things with dating the truck which is whatever but i feel like to have the choice to say that i mean to me she's basically thinking that the jp morgan chase guy you know, no matter how much money he's making feels like he's boring i guess in that regard but he may not be he just may not be carrying a pistol every day you know what i'm saying so- exactly that's <laughs> what i'm saying it's like have y'all ever seen boiler room or the Wolf of Wall Street, it's not boring being a banker. In fact, they get a similar thrill from making money as fast. And usually that's where that thrill comes from in that lifestyle, from making money so fast. Of course, there's danger and whatnot, but it's, it, it can be thrilling, and the lifestyle is thrilling. They party all the time. Wait, but not only did she say, she said she want the banker that hustle on the side. Right. Like, you want she, him to compromise She want ghosts. She want ghosts. <laughs> Like, geez, right, yeah. right, right, you're right, right, you're right. Yeah, she went St. Patrick for sure, right? Right, but that's, um, you know, it's something we gotta, uh, correct. Uh, <laughs> they spend their money way too quick, but it, because I mean, that's you know what, I, I, my cousin, man, shouts out to him. He came home, he did 10 years or whatever. He told me the same thing, Chloe's saying. He said the one thing about being a drug dealer was I would make I would go spend three or four thousand because I know I'm gonna get it back within two days or whatever. So it wasn't really so it comes in and goes out, comes in and goes out. There's no savings. Also, maybe if you understand like that, like understand certain things. If the guy is just a drug dealer, like his health ain't that great. Well, that's how you see the drug dealer get a checkup. Like that's nothing really happened. So they got no health. I'm just saying, like, what else I said, yeah, I, I got a poke with a doctor tomorrow at five. Like, you never heard it. <laughs> so, just to be clear, watch out who you date and stuff like that. It's it true. Depend, it depends what level they on. Like, right. You know, the, yeah. the street level, they definitely not going, but no, the, boss, going. <laughs> the boss might have insurance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the street dude definitely not. <laughs> no insurance. And you definitely not going to have a bank account because you can't put the money in there. It's just like, what are you going to do? All right. Correct. But anyway, man, that was a little wrap up for the night. That was our dating topics. Uh, this was food for the culture. Uh, the first time this year, we definitely appreciate everybody watching. Shout out to uh, everybody who commented. E. Clo. Uh, what was the girl's name? Josh. Uh, oh, she talk talk. So check out her talk, IG talk, talk. and yeah. YouTube because apparently she talk talk about threesomes. Yeah. Apparently, hey, there you go. Yeah. Download a video about it. Apparently he was searching up systems, which is interesting, but nevertheless, uh, yeah, appreciate that, Chloe. We'll be back, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, we should be back. But once again, man, like, comment, and subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next time. And thank you, Jeff. Peace. No doubt. Thank man. you, Jeff. Once no again, doubt. Jeff, I'll let you, bro. You already know. Yeah.